Chicago Clubhouse and the 1252 Sports Chicago Network. Well, let's start with Cincinnati and the Titans. Titans. Hmm. I'm going with the Titans. So I, I'm, I'm going with the Titans. Okay. And I'm going to back you up on that. I, I just don't. I just don't know how good Derrick Henry's going to be. It. It. It seems like. Joe Burrow has rejuvenated that entire team, that whole city, that whole organization. So, so the next game that we can talk about on here, we'll talk Rams Buccaneers. Yeah. That's a be a hot one. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna put the Buccaneers. Okay, JB. Honestly, that I'm going with the Rams. Who's stopping Cooper Cup now? The whole league has tried. The Nobody. whole league. That's <laughs> Damn near at 2,000 yards. <laughs> so, JB, I'm going with you, man. Those two guys are going to shred that Buccaneer secondary. That has been a problem, I think, all season. I think this is Matt Stafford's time. I think if he's going to do it, it's got to be now or it's, it's going to be never. I'm going with the Rams. The Packers. Uh, I mean, okay. I'm going. With, <laughs> I'm going with the Packers. I'm, I gotta go with the Packers because they they're hot. I'm definitely going with the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I say. That's just that's a, that's a home field. That's another form of home field advantage. The weather they have up there. So yeah, I know what that's like. So Packers. I'm going with the Packers. JB. Hey mom. Um, <laughs> Hi mom. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going with I'm on this one. I'm going with I hate it. I hate it, but I'm going with I hate it. Yeah. If anybody can come out and game plan against a team, I'm taking Kyle Shanahan to game plan against Absolutely. the Packers. Absolutely. Knows how to beat them, but. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> It brings us to our last game. The game, the barn burner of the week, the game that everybody is going for. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, man. Who you got? What? I'm gonna let you go first because when I go, I'm 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 scorched earth. I'm going with the Bills. Okay. JB. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I think you might be over four on this one. With us. Mark, I'm feeling like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> like, everybody has a hiccup, but damn, y'all act like Patrick Mahomes is, 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 is Mitch Trubisky or something. Like, what, what, what are we talking about here? Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Because Josh Allen is a hell of a quarterback. When yeah, I guess the Chiefs had a third third rank offense and the Bills had a fifth rank offense so mm. so what it's going to come down to and I'm going to say this thing it's going to come down to Jared McKinnon oh, okay. so until I see a true decline from Patrick Mahomes which won't be for probably 15 more years ever 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 teach man all right, who you got, AB? Boy, Warwick. 
You are over four now. <laughs> okay. And I'm gonna tell you why. All right. Let me yes. Buffalo Bills had the best defense in the NFL this year. How many Pro Bowlers they have on the team? Ah. Uh, okay. Anybody else? So zero. zero. They had none. I think that might be the first time in history that's happened. Um, and I'm not just advocating it, saying that you know, oh, you don't have any Pro Bowlers, so you're not going to win the game. But what I am going to say is, when you come in the playoffs, your playmakers who have been there before and rise to the occasion are the guys that usually take over games and win. And the Chiefs have done that. We're gonna have to and man, I'm telling you right now, if I'm picking one of these guys in a shootout, because that's what I think this game. Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns too. Exactly. I think this this is a shootout game. I'm always taking Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. So it's basically it's basically me against y'all, right? <laughs> every single game. It worked. So, I, I, I don't know you this week, brother. I don't know you You're going to look week. like a genius and we're going to look stupid. Or vice versa. Vice versa. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to remember this. Oh, we do, Warwick. Oh, we do. Good. All right. The that. big over yeah. four for you, the big over, buddy. <laughs> We've all been there, man. We've all been there. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode, a crazy episode <sighs> of Bear Fans with a Brain. As with me always, my guy JB and Warwick. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. How you doing, JB? I don't think JB. I'm good. I'm with my brother, so I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm but but you know, uh, you're going to cut my bin now. <laughs> i can't even i we'll get to it guys we're gonna break all this down for you guys because there's a lot to talk about the more things change the more they stay the same guys <laughs> matt and ryan were our football guys and matt and ryan are still our football guys so let's get into it guys so first we're gonna talk about him the new head coach of the chicago bears we got a little video for you from Hard Knocks, so you guys get a feel of what kind of actual head coach we're getting here. So not everyone's jumping off a roof just yet. Just calm down. <laughs> Let's get to it. Saw you shooting hoops the other day. I didn't know you was a hooper too. Hey, Mo City, you know what Mo stands for, right? Motor. Anyway, Kari, that's the way to coach the distance. Hey, on the up down, keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes up on the up down. Put your eyes down on the ground. Hey, good angle. Good angle, Zave. Up and down faster. When you get off of that uh, up down, go ahead and go gas, right? Gas, go as fast, fast as you can. Then you get into a scallop. Hey, where was your eye focus? Look high to me. Keep it down here. Go, 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 go. Woo, here we go, take away. There you go, that away, eye. That away, eye, nice job, man. Hands work together, nice catch. You gotta focus, it could be tipped. Could be tipped. Nice job, great focus, Kari. We touch it, we catch it. There you go, one, two, three, back. Oh, yeah. The vacuum cleaner. Right away, 5-0. Right away, 5-0. It's way to keep working. What I got to work on is starting my step. So you get your foot in the ground. Yeah, boom, yeah. boom, quick. Retrace the line and screen. Attention to detail, fellas. We're out of the stack. We're stripping every play. He called it. We play it. He called it. We play it. On the ball. On the ball. On the ball. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, let the mic come over top. Everybody's running, everybody's stripping. Work on the cup, work on the cup. Secondary linebackers, work on the cup. Let's do a great job. Let's go, have some bounce. The D-line has been sitting out there, have some damn bounce. Don't come in here like Eeyore. 
You know what I'm saying? You know who Eeyore is? Don't do that. Push yourself on the last one. This is how you're going to get in shape. This is how you're going to get in shape. Right here. Let's go. Push yourself. Drive. Go. Go. Right away. And there he is. I mean, what can we say about him, guys? Matt Eberflus, he's in the house. What do we think about him, guys, going forward? I'm going to give you a little rundown of him, too, as well, and look at his past history so you understand where he's come from and what he's done with the Colts these past few years. So first and foremost, let's look at this. Matt Eberflus, our new head coach, he was with Missouri as their defensive coordinator from 01 to 08. He was with the Cleveland Browns as their linebacker coach from 09 and 010. He was with the Cowboys from 2011 through 2015 as a linebackers coach and then upgraded with them from 2016 and 17 to linebackers coach and passing game coordinator with the Indianapolis Colts. And also, last year's stats for him were pretty good. If you look at him, he was tied for ninth in points per game. He, he was tied for 10th in rush yards per game, 19th in pass yards per game, 16th in total yards per game, and second in turnovers. So, guys, what do you think? JB, you want to go first? Because you just look so happy over there right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm deferring like the coins. Deferring? Okay. That's <laughs> all you want. I, I'll go first. All right. Uh, first of all, uh, I would say it's the safest head coaching pick out of all the people that was available, I think. I think the Bears went to safe route. Uh, you know, I'm not – I'm not against him because he's never been a head coach. So that could be a, a minus, but I'm just saying he's never been a head coach. He's been around defense. He's been around a lot of uh, different programs or different uh, teams, excuse me. So he's not the, it's not the most exciting pick and it's not the a pick where I would just be like, all right, the bears did it. Not it's basically like we picked another head coach where it's going to be, we got to wait and see. We don't know his credentials. You're a rookie head coach. <laughs> it's kind of like now we got to wait for another three years to see is he going to work out or not. So to me, it was the safest pick. I'm pretty sure he was the cheapest option, too, out of the head coaches. So <laughs> so I'm just saying it's just a Bears pick, like a safe pick, one that's not going to cost me any ripples. Uh, I'm not going to just tank the guy. I'm not going to, like, already put him in the casket because obviously he hasn't did anything. He had to show what he could do because maybe he do. And, well, I would say he – I'm going to judge him on what type of coordinators, defense, offense that he hires at this point. Since we didn't get like a traditional head coach, a head coach with experience, now he needs to surround himself with good personnel. So I'm going to hold judgment. So I would say I'm just iffy, 50 50 on it. Okay. You want to go, JB, or you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> so you asked me how I'm feeling. So you know how the old saying, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie? Well, this is a case where numbers actually lie. Yeah. Because for the most part, when they when they show these statistics, ninth in, you know, yards per game on the run and 19th against the pass and all that stuff, should we be cautiously optimistic for this guy? Of course we should. But when I look at those numbers and I say, hmm, the only thing that really sinks in is turnovers. But then I do a little deeper dive into the numbers and I'm like, well, hell, four of those games they played in those numbers came from the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, and they came from the damn Houston Texans. Hmm. 
So to me, that's a little bit inflated, not to mention some of the other teams that they played that may have not been that good, not to mention that uh, I believe it was uh, Mr. Gaming. I can't say his first name. Right. This young Chris Lynn Gaming, how you doing? Pointed out something that you were just talking about. He wants me to just speak on if we think they're going to run a 4-3 or a 3-4, which we're going to get to that. Don't worry, Chris. Just hold your horses. We'll get to that, and that's going to be another problem. It's going to be there. Oh, yeah. But if you figure this guy could not stop the Jacksonville Jaguars in order to get into the playoffs, <laughs> like, I, I got a problem with that. I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> what else? Why wouldn't we? And then it's like – when you when you look at it like this, or you can only play who's in front of you, right? right? Yeah. But you can't you can't lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars when it's playoffs on the line. Four years in a row on when they when they go to Jacksonville too. By the way, I just want to throw that in for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then to say the safe pick, so first the Bears give us the safe pick. Then they give us the damn innovative pick. I'm tired of them lying to us. You say you want a guy, you're bringing a guy in here that has former head coaching experience. Eh, this guy has none. You say you want to bring in an offensive innovator. Eh, this guy has none. <laughs> <laughs> then you say, oh, I saw the little stack. He was a passing game coordinator. I figured I just hit it anyway. I figured you were going to want it. So. Does anybody want to look at the numbers of who the quarterback was and what those numbers were oh. when he was passing game coordinator? I'll wait. I don't think we do. I don't really don't. Yeah, I really don't. Proceed. In those linebacking cores, with the exception of some of the Dallas Cowboys when they had, um, uh, I think, not David Lee, but uh, Vanderess Lee, who kept getting hurt. And I think um, that probably was oh, that was probably he was a he's with the Cowboys earlier than that though, huh? Oh, well, that that's even worse, right? Wasn't he like? So like, what? What he, linebackers did he really develop? So am I saying that this is just like a total shit hire? No, but we can do better than that. Uh, we can well, do better than that. I, I'm I'm on board with you and. <laughs> I don't want to just sit here and 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 just dog this hire, okay? Like, as much as I don't like the hire, as long as he's a leader of men, that's that's what we preach on this show all the time. Leader of men, a guy who's going to hold people accountable, a guy who's going to really rough some feathers up, and that's why I played that video so everybody kind of realizes what kind of guy we have in it. Do I want to call him a Lovey Smith 2.0? A little bit of me does, but I'm going to reserve all my thoughts on that until I actually see him on the field, actually coaching a game, see see what his schemes are, see, see what he's bringing to the table. This guy even has a stat on on his evaluation sheet for loafing, guys. Like, that, that's a real thing. So right. this guy is going to come in here, and he's going to preach and preach and preach fundamentals, execution, all these all these types of things which is something that we haven't had for years. It's something we haven't had in a long time. So a, a part of me really wants to feel good about it because of that aspect. But the other part of me really wanted to get some offensive coordinators in here and QB coaches that can work with Justin a little more. 
make it more about the offense than about the defense again. And I feel like a lot of fans out there are feeling this way because of that, because it's more of the same. Look at the past, what, 20 years or so? We had Lovey Smith, right? Hard-nosed defensive guy. Who came up after Lovey Smith? Mark, Mark Tressman. All over the place, offensive guy. Not real great with the media. Opened up crazy, right? Just yin-yang guy. What happened after him? John Fox, Fox. hard-nosed defensive guy. What happened after him? Matt Nagy comes in, same kind of guy, speaks way too much about things, and at the same time also isn't really meant to be a a head coach. He's more of a coordinator. I don't even know if I'd call him that. Now we're back to guess what? Hard-nosed defensive guy. It's a trend. I'm not shocked by this one bit. I don't think a lot of fans are if you really follow the team and how they trend these ways. But I'm not just going to just dog the guy until I actually see his plan and see what he's capable of doing. Now, but don't you think, in a sense, though, and and I, I love hard knocks. Like I very seldom miss it. But he's like coming off like a glorified hype man with a clipboard. I mean, and that's not what we need. Like, okay, we do need a little bit more. Like. No more club dub. We need a little bit more discipline. That's obvious. Yeah. Warwick, you came from a no-nonsense guy with Dick Duran. Love Dick Duran. But I believe wasn't Greg Glossial defensive coordinator? Yeah, he was no-nonsense. <laughs> he was the yeah. epitome of no-nonsense. Yes. Right. And we saw the success. So I'm giving him a, a, a check in that category. Right. But again, it's like when the cameras are rolling and there's nothing to play for, that's one thing. But when the cameras are rolling and you got that dog in front of you and you're trying to figure out, well, damn, why isn't Justin getting the ball off? Because I really don't know what I'm doing. That's totally different. And I'm like, at least give me somebody that's battle tested. Yeah. Not somebody that won in a simulator. Right. That's, I, understand I, don't, that. I don't want it. I understand that. And but so like we've been saying, a leader of men, a, someone who's holding people accountable, you don't necessarily have to have your head coach be a defensive or an offensive-oriented guy, or even a special teams guy for that matter, guys. We've right. we've seen John Harbaugh go off, and he was a special team coach. Right. Bill Belichick was a special teams coach at one time. Yes, like you can't just really just end end of story, sit and just poo-poo the hire a hundred percent because we don't know what he is. Now, what we can do, what we all can do as fans, is really look at who they're going to bring in for the offensive coordinator roles, guys. It's going to be the biggest hire that they have outside of this head coaching. So, you know, I've heard some names thrown around here and there. I I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not true. Do you guys have any offensive coordinator names up, up front that you're looking at? Because I've got a few. Uh, well, since and we then have after you... this, I'm going to get to the four, three, three, four. Do not worry, Chris. Since, <laughs> I since, we have a G, since we have the GM and the head coach now, which is everybody was waiting on, uh, offensive coordinator. Number one on my list now, I would say Caldwell. He moved up just because he's been around a lot of quarterbacks and developed quarterbacks and worked with a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, the only thing about Caldwell is. I know he's an older guy, not trying to say because he's older, he can't coach football, obviously, but he's he's a he's an older guy. Like he's not a a, in, a new, like the innovators, the Sean McVay type guys, the uh, Shanahan's, which that's the kind of guy I see Justin working with, with. Like a if they could pluck somebody from like San Francisco, like the San Francisco coordinator, I like they type of offense. I'm gonna get to that one. Okay. Definitely. Like 
Obviously, I like the Bills with watching how uh, Allen played this weekend. I like that. Like, I or somebody like a Sean McVay type offense. I wanted something where it's going to be like something innovative. Like, I was always going to run the ball, but I want the offensive coordinator, which I wish it was a head coach, but <laughs> I, I want the offensive coordinator to come in and kind of still run the ball, but like, don't just do like, don't be a naggy. Now, don't just go crazy, but still give us some like exciting, like exciting plays, get some young playmakers in here and run the ball, but play action and do yeah. different schemes. And that's what I, that's the kind of coordinator I want. So Caldwell, I like how he, I think he could develop and help Justin, but I would, I would really want somebody like a young, innovative type offensive coordinator. And the only the offense I like is like San Francisco. I was at like the Rams. I like those type of offenses where it's always something different. So, and I don't know if any of those guys are available actually, but yeah. what about you, JB? So I, I, I echo Ward sentiment with you might as well go ahead. You had Caldwell in the building. And I, I actually did hear that they were blown away by his innovativeness of changing his old philosophy, which was more of kind of like that running shoot, running gun type. <laughs> so he has changed it a little bit, but I mean, at this point, <laughs> if, I, if I'm Jim Caldwell, if I just want a job in the in the in the NFL, then yeah, I take it. But I'm gonna feel a little slighted personally. If yeah, I'm Jim that's kind of how I feel about it too. So then I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. You got major names out there. I don't want the Eagles passing game coordinator because I'm sorry, I like Jalen Hurts, but I wasn't impressed with his his uh, passing this year. It was just eh. Um, Maybe you go just a little bit far back. Maybe you you find out what a Todd Haley is doing. Maybe you find out what a uh, – see see if you can get Pete Carmichael from the Saints and give him an assistant coaching position so that he can make the lateral move of more money. Hell, call Peyton Manning and see if he wants to come and do the job. Yeah. But I have a feeling they're going to take Ken Dorsey. I know, A.B., we talked about that a little oh, bit. Oh, that's, that's a name I'm going to bring up too. <laughs> I, I kind of feel – I kind of really feel – that's where we're going because they like they look at Josh Allen, they look at Justin Fields and say they are eerily comparable as far as stature and style of play. Uh, Pep Hamilton, I don't know about that one. That would be interesting <laughs> if Pep Hamilton came back in the uh, came in the building. But uh, I mean, he's with I think he's with the I want to say he's with the Texans right now. He's their um I think he's the quarterback coach there. He's the quarterback coach. That would, yeah. that, I mean, that would be interesting because I mean, hell, Deshaun was. Sean was on his way, but yeah. So, I mean, so the name you brought up from the Eagles—that's actually uh, I I I was I can't pronounce his last name, but it is uh, Kevin Patulo. I think is how you say it. So mm-hmm. he is the um, the passing uh, prepper for them. Why would you want to have a guy who's who's literally on a team? who is the first in the league in rushing, first and foremost. That's right. not a name that I really want to look at whenever they are a predominantly run team. Like, so why look at that? There there are some names out there that, that I'm okay with. Um, Mike Mike uh, Kwafka, he's from the Chiefs. He's actually their passing coordinator coach. He, are you talking that. about the old Northwestern quarterback? I believe I believe they have that tie, yeah. If, if, I don't. I don't follow him that much, so I can't tell you that, honestly, JB. But what I do know about him is that he has worked with that whole offense. You're going to need a play caller coming in here. So Absolutely. first and foremost, you've got to have somebody who knows how to really call plays, how how to run an offense. So looking at some of these pass coordinator guys, I understand that route. 
I really do. But I mean, there's some other names out there that I really, really want to look at. And one in particular is Bobby Slowick. He's the 49ers offensive passing game specialist. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where Warwick was really alluding to looking at that 49ers tree. That's a name that really jumps out to me. It's someone I think they should look at. I don't know if they are. Zach Robinson with the Rams, he's an assistant QB coach with them as well. He's a good name. I kind of like Pep Hamilton. He's not too bad. He, he's he been decent with the Texans. You know, they had Davis Mills, and look what they did with a rookie Davis Mills. With Davis Mills wasn't no offense. Yeah, so that's not a horrible pick. I just want – I want them really to pick the right guy because as Mike alluded to earlier in, in here, you know, we mentioned it's a Lovey Smith 2.0, right? So what, what do we really remember about Lovey on the offensive side of the ball? It was an offensive carousel guys. Like it's something that we can't go back to. I don't want a revolving door on the offensive end. We need to get guys in here that are going to show stability, stay here at least for a few years, which causes another problem. As soon as your offensive coordinator starts really rolling this offense, he's gone. Right. So then, so then what? You've got Justin Fields maybe in a new system or the same system, or are they bringing up guys? It just asks a lot of questions. But at the end of the day, I need a leader of men. I need somebody who is really going to go out there and try to make things happen. And that's all we can ask for, right, guys? Right. Yeah. And 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 that's true. But that's why I also say, you know who my shortlist was originally, but. If you get the right guy in there, you want him to – you want a head coach traditionally. I mean, theoretically, you want him around, let's say – You were right about years. him too, JB. He was at the, Northwestern. Right. So, so you, you want you want Sexy that right. coach to be – obviously, <laughs> we would love them to be Belichick. We would love them to be Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid. You know, those guys are, you know, whatever. But even if you had a pick like a Jim Caldwell – who had maybe, say, five, six good years and had an OC that he groomed like-mindedness, then you could have a smooth transition so Justin's not learning another play good. How do we know that Eberflus, if he picked this passing game coordinator, Pachula guy, he's dog terrible. Then Justin's learning a third system. Then yeah. after that, he's terrible. You know what I'm saying? We want to put this kid in the best possible position for success. Stability is key. <laughs> Development has to be second. Yeah. You know, and we're not getting on that, Mo. Mo Beerman's bringing it already tonight. <laughs> and look, and, and you know what? Frank Marshall, good to see you. I was debating with somebody, but I said this in jest. In jest. I was like, watch Empire for uh, Jason Gear. I said, yeah. I'm, I'm burning all my bear stuff if he hires Jason Gear. I don't I, think that's going to be the case. I, but some people were like, you know, just whatever. And then, Something else that, that I just want to point out. We need to run the ball. Chris really wants enough. to know about the 4-3. We're, we're, we're going to get to that. We're I'm getting there next, Chris. I promise. We, we definitely want to make sure we run the ball. But I like that mix that, that uh, Cincinnati has. A 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, 2,000-yard receivers. Why can't we get that type of balance in somebody? Like, that should be the model. I think yes. that should be the model. When you have a when you have a potential franchise quarterback, you have a top ten running back, you have a, a, a ascending receiver who's got a lot of promise. Like, what are we doing? I 
I don't know what we're yelling about. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot to it, and we we can get to the four three now. So <laughs> the way that I look at this, guys, and we all know that most of the NFL, most of the time, runs a hybrid, you know, off. Right. We get that. Right. But if you're going to change to a four three, I think now is the best time. You've got an elder defense. It's starting really to transition anyway. I think Matt is going to change this to a four three. I don't see how he doesn't, honestly. Um, we're going to really get into it later shows about should Roquan be playing Will, linebacker, or Mike? Like, that's something that we're going to push next week just so we've got some more topics to really talk about. But I'm going to say probably best if it, it, if they switch to a 4-3 now, you can solidify that line already off the bat. I mentioned that the other show uh, a couple weeks ago, inexpensive front line. Um, linebacking core, you're going to have to look at some of those guys. I'm sure Tevin, um, not Tevin, um, uh, uh, Danny T's probably gone. He, his expiring contract, or he's got one more year, I think, on his contract, but he's probably gone. You've got, you know, do they bring back a, a Christian Jones? Do they have Alec Ogletree come back? Like, those are guys that can probably play those other positions, but where's Roquan go? So what do you guys think? Four three three four. I think they're gonna go to a four three. I know that's. I think. I think that's what the guy he ran in or uh in Indianapolis, right? Four three. Kind yes. Of. Yes. I'm he had a version of oh. Tampa too. Yeah. yeah. So, so so just so everyone knows, he actually came from um um his old uh, uh defensive coordinator. I just uh Rod Marinelli. I just drew a blank okay. a blank for some reason. But yeah, he so former Bears DC. Yes, he's actually a disciple of Rod Marinelli. He learned right. a lot from him. There's a lot of people wondering if maybe he can snag Rod Marinelli. I saw a tweet from uh, Lance Briggs today saying that, do you think we could bring him back? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I can't really see what that says, JB, but it <laughs> says trust you. It says Rod Marinelli. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So what do you think, Warwick? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think a four three would be that bad. I mean, Mac Mac could play in a four three if he here, obviously. Uh, you got your two ends. I would leave. Ro I know we're talking about that next next week, but I probably would say no. I would let I would let him stay at Mike. He could play a Mike in a yeah. four three because he, he's going to be protected pretty much. Uh, he's just going to get to run to the ball, cover two. Mm. The only, only, only thing yeah. only thing now is that. They run so much hybrid because everybody run three receivers all the time. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. You basically you basically stay in nickel most of the time. You basically bring like a nickel corner or somebody or safety or whatever to play as yeah. your rover guy type guy. So like, that's why the I say the only thing like, that's like really changing is the fronts changing, right? Right, right. You just yeah. yeah. I think I think the, the Bears <laughs> could do it. Like you said, they have Mac played the end before. You yeah. got Quinn. Robert Quinn had his best pressure year right. was actually in a 4-3 when, when he was with the Cowboys. So that could work for both of them. But then you got to figure out, guys, which one do you put on what, what side? Do you put Mac on that side? Do you put Robert Quinn on that side? That's a big question, too, because Robert <laughs> Quinn probably wants to play the right. You know, he right. probably, like, he's played that before. That's where he's comfortable. Right. Mac would probably be okay anywhere. So that's right. probably the way that I would look at it. I'd probably put Mac in the left and him on the right. But Yeah, they probably would have to do that anyway because 
Mac is bigger than Quinn, mm-hmm. and you don't yeah, want Quinn to have to battle like oh, he want him to be on the weak side, basically staying away from like a tight end tackle combining on him. So yeah, yeah. I mean that it could work, like it could work, like you said. Really, it's gonna get down to like the X's, the X's and O's is a small part of football. Like like you said, being a leader of men, hiring the right staff, and putting the Bears in the right direction is going is a bigger thing than like what defense we run. Because you could call cover two all game and <laughs> it's your job to make it work. So I'm like, I just want to see like who he hires. Like, cause him as a head coach too, another thing is as a head coach, he's gonna wear a lot of hats. So him yeah. being just a defensive coordinator, he he's probably gonna be around the defense, but he gotta he gotta watch the offense, special team. He gotta do interviews, he gotta he got a lot of stuff to do as a head coach. A head coach, all the teams I've been on, these guys were either defensive, offensive coordinators or gurus. But they they normally they may have watched the defense a little bit, but they didn't really have time to put their hands on it that much because they had a lot of other stuff to go watch. So who he hires is gonna be real important. But I say I think the Bears can run a four three. Like I say, they have the pieces to kind of do it. I mean, and they kind of don't have pieces right now too. So this is a perfect time right, really right. to bring in some more four three type linebacking guys. You know, you're gonna have to fill that other corner spot. Figure that out. You're gonna have to fill out them safety spots. The biggest thing about this coach, the most important thing for me is the fact that he's going to work with Eddie Jackson. <laughs> and Eddie Jackson is not going to be able to be what Eddie Jackson's been these past few years. So that alone makes me happy about this hire, guys. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. We're going to hear from Nick and Ivy Brewery. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. And that was a quick word from our sponsor, Nick and Ivory Brewery. Guys, make sure to get down to Lockport today. Look at their great list of stuff. If you're looking for what they have, go to nickandivorybrewery.com. And now we're going to have the Bear Fans with a Brain question of the day. And it is obvious to me what it should be. (laughs) Was this the right hire at head coach? The answers here are, let's see what happens, yes or no. Simple. What do you guys think? JB. I know what you're going to say, but what do you think the voting is? Oh. I, know, I know you're going to say hell no to everything. But. He was ready, too. <laughs> he was like, what? Dump button. No. Yeah, I, actually no. Think, I actually think our I actually think our fan base is going to say the majority is going to say let's wait and see. Yeah. What That's what I said. So I was actually going to keep that one out, and a member of the Bear Fans with a Brain Facebook group was like, Where's the undecided button? And I'm like, I guess you got to put it in. And you guys are right. The answer is, let's see what happens. But if you're going with just yes or no, 
yes, actually got most of the votes here. And I don't have the math skills to put it in my head because it's on Twitter and Facebook. But I'm going to say it's a good percentage over yes. So most fans like it. There's just some fans in here, especially fans in our chat right now that are saying it's not a good idea, you know. But it's something that, guys, we just have to wait and see. I know it's not looking good. A lot of people are against it. But you have to have the glass half full on this because of what he's bringing in the organization. Looks like a leader to me. It looks like a leader, and that's what we really have to hope for. So next up that we got to talk about <laughs> is is the GM. So <laughs> we got a new GM, guys, and let's learn a little bit about our new GM. So his name is Ryan Poles, and I think he's 36 years old. He actually went to Boston College. He's a graduate assistant from there, executive for the the uh, Chiefs since 09. He was in charge of the scouting. He was in charge of basically all that. I don't have to go down this list. I don't feel like going down this list because it's just a bunch of college scouting stuff, guys. So what do you guys think about this hire? Do you think it's the right hire? It's another safe, easy. It's another safe hire. Yeah. <laughs> it's another safe hire. Uh, I think I want to say I saw I saw a report where they were saying like his yeah. agent is Trace Armstrong. Yep. Well, so, him and Ibrahim's got the same agent. Yeah, that's why I say it was and all, Matt Nagy too. On top of that, oh. that's why I say it was a bad safe. <laughs> I, I, I've been saying this, the Bears gonna do go be the Bears. Like yep. they're gonna go the safe route. I think it was just a safe hire. Now I'm not going okay, I'm not gonna knock him because he is a young guy. He's been in scouting, which all GMs been in scouting, but he's been in scouting, he's been with the Chiefs, he's been they scout pretty good. They didn't got some good players, so I'm not gonna knock him. It's just that now you have you you to me it's like you putting together a a rookie GM and a rookie coach together. <laughs> Yeah, which is yeah. like uh, I wish I I want to be hit or miss. I mean, I want to be where it's gonna be one or the other. Like either you yeah. get a veteran GM, he get a a young coach, or if you get a a young GM, he gonna go for like a ex experienced coach kind of to get the ball rolling. So it's kind of like wait and see with both people. But once again, we in this situation and the Bears and hired him, so I'm just gonna take it now. Like we just gotta hope for the best. Like I say, he a young guy. He this, the the scouting and stuff, he's good with that. But now we got to see how he can actually build a team, how he can, like, manage the salary cap and help, like, fix that type of stuff. So, <laughs> it's yeah. the Bears so, being the Bears. JB, here's I know you got opinion. a big, big <laughs> answer to this one. So. so, is that the right hire? I'll say if they're trying to get somebody to model what the – Chiefs are actually doing because that seems to be like the hot prototype that everybody wants to get, then yes, if that's what you're really trying to do. If you're trying to make a splash with a minority hire to quiet some fan bases or to get an extra pick, because yeah. hell, we get an extra pick for them. Yeah. Fine. Work to what you said, another guy with no experience, another guy that we're looking at, he's 36 years of age, so he's a young guy. He's been around football, I would have liked to see somebody a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more out there. But if he can get us close player personnel-wise right. to anything that the Chiefs have, I'm on board with him. 
But he's got strike one with me already because of who he hired as a head coach. Yeah. And that's, so, just, that's just it. So our fan here, Jared, actually asked, he mm-hmm. is curious who you would both have wanted for a GM and a head coach. Oh, that's easy. I wanted I wanted. Apparently, Rick I'm just chopped liver, right? right. <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I always wanted Rick Smith. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. I also, you know, I was on the Lewis Riddick train for a little bit, but he seemed to not want to, you know, I guess, you know, if he had the interview or not. And then um, I liked uh, uh, Wolf. I can't think of his son's name. Uh, Ron Wolf, Elliot. Elliot. I like Elliot Wolf. And my head coaches have always been Bowles, Frazier, or uh, Flores. Always. What about you, Warwick? Head coach is Flores. I said I, I like yeah. Flores because he fit the mold. Like I said, a young guy is. And he was a defensive coach, but he just <laughs> – I just like the way he's coaching. I like Rick Smith. He's with the Texans. Obviously, I was yeah. – I'm in Houston. You were the first one to say his name. Yeah, on I, this show. So yeah, I, I, I remember Rick Smith like, and I remember like, obviously he brought in Watson, and he did pretty good in Houston. Yeah. We just, <laughs> we <Yeah>. just Texans, <laughs> same situation. So, uh, and like I said, I'm a player. Like I'm gonna speak from a player. As a lot of times, as long as the guy, like you say, can lead men, <laughs> as long as he can lead men, then I work. Then I work for him. So. Yeah. As a player, Absolutely. it's kind of to me, it's like whoever they bring in, I'm going, I'm a I'm gonna bust my ball, you know, I'm gonna bust my ass for him. Like yeah. I'm gonna go hard for him. So yeah. until so, he proved that he can't coach, until he proved that he's not the right leader, the player's gonna play for him. So as a player, that's how I think I always think. Like I don't and as a as a fan, I feel like the fans always put a lot of expectations. Like it's like when now, like this is a process. Like I hope the fans understand that the Bears are finna go to a about a two, three year process where <laughs> it's it's not gonna just be a turnaround. Like the Bears ain't even built as a team like that to where all we need is like a coach and it's gonna pop. Like the Bears gonna take a year or two to me to get that get the roster right. So that's why I just say we just it's gonna really gotta be like a wait and see. Yeah, that's all. And I mean, I'm kind of right on step with you guys. I wanted and if you guys have watched the show the past couple of weeks, you kind of already know how our our whole vibe is on this. We wanted a president of football operations, you know, type, because we know that Ted Phillips is gone probably after this next season. And you, you want to get Georgie's ear early. You've got to start really focusing on making this a football organization and not just a mom and pop shop guys. I don't think there's anything magical about a so-called football czar. (laughs) <laughs> absolute bullshit there is too there is and that's why i wanted more of a president type role so we could get him in here we could get georgie's ear and then after you know the horrible ted finally gets out we could maybe have him jump up we could have a president who could bring in another gm he could work with but now you you can still do that obviously but do you think by that time our new GM who's 36 in his first year is going to be ready to take on a bigger role. I don't think so. So I'm not a big fan of it. Nobody in here really was a big fan of it, but it's just something that we're going to have to deal with. But what bothers me about the whole thing, what really gets to me is that the bears, even before they said that this guy was their hire, 
they had a short list. They had their their short list of their interviews, and everyone's panicking. Like, are they really going to do this? Are they going to run out and hire a head coach without getting a GM? And I'm sitting here like, they've got to have a guy ready to jump in here that they've already spoken to, right? And asked about his, you know, involvement with all these guys that they have on their short list. But what really gets me going is that is this really his short list? Is this our new GM short list, or is this another list made up by our buddies Georgie and Teddy again? And I know that there's been reports out there about this. There's been people up there saying that, oh, yeah, you know, this and this and this about how they were all consulted before and yada, yada, yada. I don't buy that until I hear it out of their mouth. I don't trust the organization as far as I can throw them. I feel like this is starting to sniff like a 2015 thing again where we had the GM hire and they kind of force fed him a coach. This is just a little different wrapping to me right now until I hear them come out and explain this process to me and help me understand this. I'm going to have hesitations on this because from what I heard, I guess Georgie wanted Jim Caldwell and I guess Teddy wanted uh, Quinn mm-hmm. and Matt chose the latter. He, <laughs> or not Matt, Ryan. Oh. I, I gotta get these names right. I'm already, I'm already all it's done. still a Ryan and it's still yeah, a Matt. Yeah, so. it is, but I'm just thrown off by it. But so, so who exactly got the final bid in this hire is my question, guys. It's but just I mean, hard for me really to sit after everything this organization has done and just be okay with it. Like, JB, you and I were talking right before the show about this, man. All we heard, all offseason, all these same reporters out there going, oh, well, the Bears want to get a guy with head coaching experience. The Bears want to get this. The guy they got does not have any head coaching experience. So the same people that are out there reporting all this stuff now about this were the same people who I literally heard a month or two ago saying something completely opposite of what we have now. So that's why I can't sit here and justify what's going on, guys, because I just feel like we've been burned a lot. I'm skeptical on this. And until I hear the exact process, I'm not going to trust it. I'm just not. So let, Let me ask you guys this. The GM, now, we have guys that we've heard of that we like that we've paid attention to to a certain degree. <laughs> but for the most part, as fans and even maybe work, you would know because you know who the quality control guy is. You know who the director of scouting guy because you're internal with the, whatever team you've played. AB and I aren't look. – we're not getting the football cards for the director of college scout. Like, we know nothing really about that guy. No. But – when you have the the names that we are familiar with and you look at those guys' body of work, why wouldn't you get that guy, right? My mom told me years and years ago, Dan Marino became a free agent and the Bears never, ever once gave that man a phone call. Nope. So this is what, this is not something that they're recently doing. This is something they've been doing forever. They tell you to look at the right, look at the right, look at the right. Bah, hit you with Smoking the left. mirrors. Smoking That's mirrors, all man. they ever do. And to sit up here and literally tell us, you want to hit a couple of experience, you do the opposite. You want an offensive innovator, you do the opposite. So that gets me to wondering where Eberflu's name even came from and how he had an interview, if I'm not mistaken, before 
they hired Ryan Pulse because Eberflus had two or three interviews, correct? Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we heard his preparation was unparalleled. His attention to detail, they liked all that excess. It was, you know, his tie was crisp and all that. I don't give a damn. <laughs> he can come in here with one shoe on, hat cock, whatever. As long as he knows how to motivate teams, get wins, make us relevant, and develop number one, that's all I care about. Yeah. That's all I care about. We've all, to some degree, benefited from nepotism. But this is on the highest level because guess what? If he fails, all George and them can say is, hey, Ryan Pace picked – I mean, Ryan Poles picked him. Just Wasn't so else. everyone knows, too, um, our buddy here, uh, Mo Beerman, brought up the name of uh, Bill Polian. So from the reports that we've heard, uh, I guess Bill Polian actually he wanted, wanted Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. So right. he didn't I mean, really but go the Colts, with that look narrative at the whole Colts thing. That's know? still some nepotism, but at least there's yeah. some backing there. There's some substance yeah. to hiring that guy. Yes, 100%. But – the other thing, like, not one interview outside of that, like, not one. Eric Bieniemy is literally in the same building as him. All that does is really tell me that Eric Bieniemy just isn't it. If literally someone from his own organization didn't even give him a second chance, didn't even give him an interview, you're telling me there was no one else on, on his short list. That's what gives me pause on this because I know there's reports. I get it. But – you can't tell me that day one of being hired, you just have this short list and that's all right. you want to talk to. Yeah. When just before that, the Chicago Bears' short list is, is the exact same all of a sudden. Like, I just don't buy that. There's just something if, odd about it, guys. If I remember correctly, now that I think about it, Eberflus was not on their list. It was Peterson, it was Frazier, and it was – um. It was Doug Peterson. It was Leslie Frazier. And then they said they were blown away by Brian Flores. Yeah. Again, reports. That's all we hear, reports. You well, don't know what's going on. Where did, did Eberflus even come from? Some in, uh, internal organization. Yeah, it's all – like, if you don't think they talking <laughs> well, – I mean, I'm not naive enough to think they yeah, not like, I'm just saying, like, so to me, reports are, are, are a dime a dozen. Yeah. You know, hell, I, I've, I've, I've heard reports of Michael Jordan about to come back and play. Whatever. But still, when you have you have gold sitting right there, 92, you didn't do it. 85, 86, you blew up the team. Lovey goes 10 and 6, you get rid of him. <laughs> you had a chance to get Randy Moss, you pissed yeah. down your leg and you didn't. Yeah. You draft Chris yeah. Williams and Gary Karimi already injured. When there's other guys right there for the pay. This is just what the Bears do. My fandom has been challenged. Yeah. I mean, I'm bear down 24-7. Y'all know this. But I'm tired, man. Like, I literally feel that I can build a resume, take all my little Tecmo Bowl and Madden shit, and come up in there and be like, hey, Yeah, but this ain't I'm Madden, prepared. though, man. Like, I'm this is prepared. real life. You know how many fans I got to say that to on a weekly basis? Like, just because they're like, trade this guy for this guy. I'm like, you can't even make that work financially, like, guys. Oh, no, those are just – those are people that's playing fantasy football. What yeah. I'm talking about is when you're telling me the best asset that this guy gave you is his preparation and his discipline. Hell, I'm a damn dean of a school. Yeah. My <laughs> whole job every day is preparation and discipline. If that's all you're looking for, hell, that's a lot of us to do that. Yeah. 
Most definitely. Most Give definitely. me something tangible. Not the numbers. Give me some X's and O's. The most glaring thing I like about this guy, 33 turnovers. What do the Bears always pride themselves on? Good defense and turnover. So I'll give him a check in that box for that. Other than that, I'm just meh. Yeah. Yeah. How long had Poles been hired before they hired the It was like two days, wasn't it? No, it was a day. Yeah, that just right there. No, I heard him yesterday. Poles was hired Tuesday. They were no, they hired him yesterday morning. I thought I heard I thought I heard late Tuesday. It was it was announced, but like his first full day was, was Wednesday. Right. Okay, so yeah, so and so that, he had a whole a day, and then he came yeah, in this morning and went. Setup, this like, is our guy. That's like, a setup. That's a setup. <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel right to me. Like yeah. maybe you know what? Maybe we're all wrong on this. Maybe we are, but it's just really hard with seeing this organization's track record to really think any other way. Like it's almost literally identical. What happened, guys? It's literally almost the same thing. You have. An older guy that is brought in as a consultant who's won Super Bowls, who's done things, helping your committee <laughs> to pick the new GM and head coach. And they're already already sitting there with all these head coaches, speaking with them. And then as soon as they get the GM, a day and a half later, they're already getting a head coach. It just kind of smells the same way, but it's just wrapped different for me, man. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't get behind it. Like, maybe I'm wrong. But until I, I listen to this press conference, it's going to be hard for me to really have any faith in this I'm, man. I'm looking for key words to turn me off. Beating the Packers and collaborate, collaboration slash collaborative. Yeah. He says any of that bullshit, I'm turning off. You better <laughs> never say that they had a good week of practice. I swear to God. <laughs> you better never say that. But, you know, the other thing about this GM, because I want to get back to the GM a little bit. There is something that – that really gives me hope about this is that he is a former offensive lineman. So that maybe being a former offensive lineman who we actually turned away once already back in, I believe it was 08 whenever he was um, uh, undrafted uh, rookie free agent. He, he was like on the practice squad, right? I, I don't he think he practice. ever got signed. Oh, he never played. Oh, he no, just was brought, no. he was brought in and never. Yes. Played. Okay. yes. So, so um, the fact that we have, a guy like that who can really build the team inside out and understands that it that goes a long way. And having a guy like a Matt Eberflus, who seems like a you know one of those rough, tough guys who's no nonsense, all that, he's gonna probably want to run the ball. He's probably that kind of guy. So, what do you guys think our direction is going forward for this team? Because to me, it looks like it's a hard nosed run, run first team. We've got David Montgomery. You're going to let Justin Fields develop a little bit behind that run game. What do you guys think about that? I think it's going to be the same thing. <laughs> yep. It's going to be the, the Bears are going to be the same, like a, a copy of how they always are. We're going to rely on the run and defense, and teams going to kind of know our game plan. That's just what I think now. Until they hired the offensive coordinator and changed my mind, I think the Bears are kind of going to be the same thing. Like, play it safe, yeah. run the ball, uh, rely on defense to yeah. keep the game close, hard, smash mouth <laughs> type of team. Like, it's just – everything is like just like I thought it was going to be. Like, the Bears are always going to just be safe. They Safe picks, safe hires, safe draft picks. It's Like, to me, it's just the same thing. So – but I'm like, I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flush the guy down the toilet, him or the gym. I'm gonna give him a chance, but like 
like you said, the OC hire is going to be the next thing that I need to see. And the OC hire right now is going to be bigger than the head coach. Right. If it's somebody that is all intertwined, you we already know. Because that's what I feel. Once I saw they, they had the same agent and yeah, Julian was consulting him. He a big coach. Who do you guy. know? Who they, do you know? That's what I was like, man. Just what I just what I thought. It was gonna be all like intertwined, the the uh scratch each other back, the good old boy type system. Like that's how the football works anyway. Like I knew that. <laughs> Our buddy Chris Lance wants us to hire Works Cowboy oh, no, no. Hat guy in the back. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> For our people listening on uh, Spotify, Warwick has a picture of a guy in a cowboy hat playing a guitar behind him, and it's the greatest photo of all time. So <laughs> we just got to throw that in. I really feel so deep, Diab, you missed that. We already talked about how Cincinnati should be the model because they're more yeah. – they're more like what the Bears probably can do right away. But again, I want to give this guy a chance. He's He's got a hit on free agency because the draft capital is so limited. But he doesn't have a lot of money. I mean, he's got about 43, 44. 44 million as of right now. But and that's not a lot of money. Knocking some well, guys off of that soon. So. Well, I mean, but, you know, we're going to probably lose a guy here there, get a little You're bit gonna of money. You're going to cut Danny T. You're going to probably cut Tariq Cohen. I mean, those are your, are you going to resign a, um, uh, Bilal Nichols? That's, that's a name. Are you going to su- sign Hicks back? That's the other thing about this defensive coaching is that my whole plan is washed <laughs> because you know, a defensive coach is not going to trade a Mac. He's not going to trade a Quinn. He's not going to do definitely that. Definitely not. But, but you, but you have, but you have to look at this. And also Eddie Goldman are, our buddy John here said well, that. Well, no, John, I was just about to bring him up. Eddie Goldman, if, you, if you're not bringing Hicks back, you really got to kind of keep Goldman because now if you're running a 4-3, you have to have Kyrus Tonga and Eddie Goldman as your as your tackles. What about Angela Blackson? I mean, uh, Angela started? Blackson flashed a little bit. You know, he did, but we talked about starting. Win. We talked about starting. He's a veteran. I, I believe he's around 30. So, he's, and he's, I, he's, I think he's, he's tied little, up he's, for a year or two more, actually. So. He's, a little, he's a little cut, but that's why I said that 3 4 was more suited for them. Yeah. But now with the 4 3, you put me back in the mind of, of Ted Washington and Keith Trailer. Like, give yeah. me two hogs down there to just eat up everything. And we don't have that. Yeah. That's why I say it's going to be a year or two. Like, they got, they got to get a guy a couple years to kind of build a team. But another I mean, thing is, thing they got two cheap people. Another thing I was saying, they got a young, inexperienced head coach and a GM that's cheap. That in two, in three or four years, if they don't like them, they could get rid. They're easy to ship but, them out. But Same remember, old song they, and dance. exactly. But, but yeah. they kind of already have those guys on the team. I mean, where does what do you do with a Travis Gibson now? Where does he go? He's well in my plan. You know where he goes. He's, I know in your plan, but now starting in a on, four, on in a edge. four three. Mac is your starting end. Quinn yeah. is your starting end. I and you can't. So you're put maneuvering him... people with pieces that you know, like you always say, work. They don't fit the scheme. Yeah, but you can't just you cut can't put him. Maybe you can let Gibson. You play can't put him in the Sam. Can you? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think he's a Sam or yeah. a Will. Like if he plays Sam, he's gonna have to be able to drop and play coverage. And yeah. I just don't see that. Like yeah. I just don't see him being that guy. Like he's at the most at this point for me. He's he's a backup 
edge rusher. And that's really all he's going to be. And that's what bothers me about this whole scheme is that here we go again. We're going to have these big guys that, that we have who granted I'm, I'm not going to sit and I'm not just going to poo poo them. I'm not going to be like, Oh, Max sucks or any of that. I don't think they do, but from what we have, Right now, and what we're going to be by the time we are relevant, it is a waste of money. It is a waste of a position. Don't do it, but that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know. And, guys, just so you guys all know, you can ask any questions you like. We have a call-in number on the bottom. Everybody but Chris Lenz can call in, obviously, because <laughs> I don't want Chris Lenz calling in because I know what he's going to do. But but if anyone wants to call in, guys, there's – a number underneath, guys. Please feel free to ask all of your questions because I'm already running out of stuff for us to talk about. <laughs> we got through this a lot quicker than I thought we were going to. I thought it's going to be a longer discussion. So any questions you have, guys, please bring them now. Well, so, I, I, I just want to touch on because I know we're not good. we're going to wait till our, our our draft special to do those picks, but I did want to just touch on a couple of people in free agency that they do need to start looking at. Two of them are on your own team. You have to start and polls. If you're listening, you have to sign James Daniels. That yeah. should be your first sign. You have to sign James Daniels. Period. Point blank. Next, I like Nick Martin. Yeah, I like Ben Jones. You got to get a center, man. You got to get a center. Yeah. Sam Mustafer is a free agent, and good luck to him. But we got to get somebody in there. If you don't. What are we looking at? We're looking at trying to build around Justin, who's going to be running for his life, and and we're we're really just doing the same the same BS that we've been doing before. Yeah. And 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 by him being a lineman, he's got to build a line. You know, you got uh, other guards. Trey Turner's available. Yeah. Trey Turner's a damn good guard. Twenty nine years old. I'm sorry, twenty eight years old. You got to get um, right up there in, in Detroit. Detroit had a solid running game if you guys paid attention. Evan Brown. Oh. Um 25 years old center. Like, let's get these good, good guys while they're available. We actually have breaking news right now on the show. I wish I had a little breaking news reel tonight, but I don't. Chris Tabor actually is going to the Carolina Panthers. So really? we lost our special teams coordinator as well. Is he is what is he going as? Um, I haven't read. I just got it from a source of mine. I haven't seen anything on Twitter. He just literally just literally just messaged and said that Chris Tabor's going to Carolina. It's a hundred percent true. So I will have to look that up. You can, you can just keep going. I'll yeah. figure that out um, in a second. My mom just said we need taller receivers and I already have, I look Mike Williams, six, four runs a four five forty. He's available. He's a red zone threat, not a burner, really kind of like a, kind of like a one trick pony, but he'll get the 50, 50 balls that we need. Yeah. Um, I'm high on a guy by the name of Zay Jones, <laughs> six foot two, four. He runs a four four. Yeah, good catch radius. He can run all the routes. They kind of don't use him like they did in uh, Vegas, as the way that they did in Buffalo. He was one of. He was the most targeted receiver. Josh Allen had his second year. Somebody like that, six two, six four. Then um, Juju Smith Schuster's available. He's looking to make a mark. Had a couple of injuries, but he's looking six six two guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But he's available. He's available. Right, right, right. And, and, and his, he's not going to break the bank. Like I was telling people, Mike don't, Williams. Him, don't, don't give me that. Let's go get Devontae Adams. So you're going to pay $20 million for the, arguably one of the greatest receivers, 
and we can't protect them and can't get them the ball. That's just dumb. <laughs> we have 10,000. Our buddy John here said that we have 100,000 – or so, yeah, 100,000 tight ends. Or, and we don't We never use one, one of them. No, you're right. And our buddy Alex Acevedo said Mike Williams. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's available, and he's not He's not expensive. We're yeah. talking about a guy that's making 8 mil now. He might, he might want to leave there. He might like what's going on. I don't know. But if you don't kick the tires on these guys, but guess what? Don't bring me no more five foot eight, five foot nine receivers back in here. Don't you do it. Our, bu- our buddy Jason here says that we're going to be the Dollar General Bears the next two years. And that's exactly what I think. I think it's going to be just that kind of thing. Is that, And that's why I don't want to waste these guys that we could trade. John today Godwin would be cheap. He would be cheap. But again, we're talking about a guy coming off of ACL. We don't we don't know how he's gonna be because everybody doesn't respond to ACLs like Adrian Peterson did. We, we don't know, and I, that's what I just said, Jake. Zay we Jones. should look at Zay Jones. Haven't I been preaching Zay Jones, y'all? For yes, me, you have. Right. He t- thank you. Like that's a six foot two guy, four four speed. He's a go get it guy. Stretch the field. You know what his other favorite route is? The slant. Yep. <laughs> Which is something we don't know as Bears fans very well in the past few years. Like I, I, again. I'm never going to say I know more than the so-called experts, but originally those experts were sitting in similar positions that we're in. Right. So we might not be that off. We might the expert The experts, because they got the ability to see like film and get more information than we have. Like, mm-hmm. Like I'm no expert. I just know football. I just know football. But I'm no we have football. our expert right below us, even right. though he I'm was no, over no four this past week. Right. Thank you. And, and, still and, our expert. And like, Warren, you get you you give me so much grace with talking to you because it's like I don't feel like I'm stupid when you agree or you say I'm right or know what's going on because then I know I'm at least thinking in the right frame of mind. Right. You gotta understand. You you gotta understand. Like I don't want to go back to the to the to the. Uh, the quote of the guy saying he don't believe in football gurus and all that stuff, but it is true. Like he, he have, it is some truth in that, that nobody's really a football czar or guru. Those guys just study, they study what they do. They study players and they make, they make picks. Like nobody know what's going to happen. You don't know if you draft a guy, he going to come in and be the next, the next Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes. You just look at what his body of work and you say, I put him in my scheme is what he going to do. So, None of those guys are foolproof, but you just need some, like you said, you need direction. I think the Bears, like I say, the Bears just need somebody that's that give them good direction. The Bears just they every three or four years they just start off on, on a different path instead of just the one thing the Bears always stick to is defense. You see why defense always they have a pretty good defense because they believe in defense. And their salary is double of what the offense is. It's over a hundred million dollars. Right. It's like they don't understand about you need an offense too to win in this league. So that's and I don't mind that we had the if if you all remember. <laughs> I don't want Alshon Frank. Alshon no. Jeffrey, I don't believe he played this year. I don't think I want him, but but it's funny he just mentioned it's funny he just mentioned Alshon <laughs> because the last time I remember us having a good, really good offense and a really good defense was that year when Alshon had a 1,000, yeah. Brandon had a 1,000, Matt Forte had a 1,000, Kyle Long was a pro bowler offense. Yeah, we had no defense. But, but that, like, that's the last time that I can remember us having like a really 
comparable offense. Jay Cutler gets hurt, we lose in the AFC cha- I mean the NFC championship game. Yeah. After that, it was like, nope, defense, 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 defense. So if you could get that that good mix, that good balance, I'm saying it now. We just saw one of the greatest games ever between the Chiefs and the Bills, right? Yeah. Imagine if some defense was played. <laughs> because what do you always say, Ward? Offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, if you look at the oh, NFL this year, like, is that really the narrative anymore? I mean, because yeah. look at all these offenses yeah. and these quarterbacks that are going. I feel like that narrative is slowly dying in the it's NFL. Not, what, what they're just gearing more towards offense, though. What was mean? Tampa Bay last year? A top five offense and a top five defense? Yeah. Right? But you know why they won that Super Bowl. We all know why they ended up But still, on their way to the Super Bowl, yeah. The Rams this year, I think they're a top 10 offense and a top, like, seven defense. Like, there's still something to be said about having a good defense and a good offense. Yeah. I'm not saying roll out the 2000 Ravens where, you know, Trent Dilford don't throw a touchdown for, like, six games and you still win. I don't know how the hell that happens. But at least put – remember, you have a dynamic quarterback that you still want to flourish. Yeah. So, as much as you – as much as you Chris Edgerton in the house, he said Tampa Bay killed Mahomes, and that's why they won. He's not wrong. If it was some defense this weekend, I would be sitting here four and zero instead of yeah. Four. Nobody played defense when I needed them to. Nobody did in that game. The only game where I saw any relevance of defense was that San Francisco game. I mean, that San Francisco game. Was that tight. defense was the cold on both sides. I think that was. I think that was literally the thirteenth man there. Like right. it was a definite factor, but I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting one, guys. Any questions, anything at all, please throw them in. Everyone's commenting here. I'm loving the comments. I'm loving all this, but we would love to take some questions before yes, we you, you have you have to have a defense. And and Diab, you're absolutely right. Now, yeah, before we talk about, <laughs> about these playoff games. Before right. we talk about Warwick <laughs> over two this weekend. <laughs> well, see, this, this is where this is I where I draw the line. Coming. I was already getting ready for this. This <laughs> is where I draw the line, fellas. Hey Warwick, <laughs> when you go up in your yeah. scouting report, right? Okay. Uh-huh. And you see, I'm just going to throw this name out there. I don't mean this guy that you're playing against. I'm just going to throw this name out there. Yeah. But if you saw Larry Allen was you, out, right? right? Mm-hmm. You licking your chops, salivating like, oh, I got me one today. Right, right. Times that by three. So when Chris Edgerton is saying they killed Patrick Mahomes, you, duh, he was down three starting um, linemen, and two of them were pro bowlers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I might get my little butt up there and get a sack. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Right. What are we, right. What, are we, what, are we what are we really talking about? Are we talking about breaking down what really went on, or are we talking about looking at a lopsided victory? You right. Uh, you right. And, yes, John, it was the best weekend of football. It was in it my was. life. I don't. I don't know anyone who's debating it either. Mm-hmm. I don't know any weekend where you can name me four oh, games right. that all went down like that and had jam packed action throughout. And it 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 started good and it ended even better. Right. <laughs> with that let me, let me play devil's advocate real quick because I I like to do that. 
<laughs> it's a bear show, but we talking football. Yes, we are. If Tyron Matthew doesn't get hurt, oh, I don't think anymore. Gabriel Davis has four touchdowns. I, you and me debated on that the other night, and you because might I'm not, not be again, wrong. That's not to take that's not to take anything away from Josh Allen, but that's to add a three-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler in the mix. Who, ironically, that's where they threw the touchdowns, right where he right. normally would have been, because he that's doesn't not. fall for the normal stuff and the tricks and all that, right? Yeah. Part two. Harrison Butker missed a field goal and an extra point. Yeah. There probably is no overtime with that. You're right. Andy Reid, fool self, takes Patrick Mahomes off the field on the third and one, runs that stupid wildcat <laughs> with the tight end stuff, and doesn't run it with Kelsey. He runs it with whoever 81 is. Yeah. And we get like a four-yard loss instead of keeping oh. Mahomes in the game hey. and going and scoring. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Uh-oh. We- we got a call. Our buddy Diab is here right now. So Diab, just right before you speak, know that you do have a little delay, and um, you might want to uh, turn down your volume right now, just so you're not echoing. Okay. okay. All right. You there? I'm here. You hear me? Yeah, absolutely. What's up? What's going on? What's up, man? You tell us. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I was on the way on. Oh, so, yeah, you are. So I've been at work all day. I just got off. That's why I caught the show a little late. <clears throat> but um, it, it's really weird with all of this, you know, uh, negativity we're getting. I, I get the, the idea of being, you know, objectively thinking like, hey, why do we have a quote-unquote a quote defensive guy? But look at the most successful court, uh, head coaches in the league. Like, they're not all offensive quote-unquote gurus or offensive coaches. Like, there are still plenty of teams that are successful with head coaches who lean toward defense. And if you are, you know, if you're a coach, you want, obviously want to score points, but you're going to be driven by the, uh, by the other side of the ball. It's just, it's just determining whether the head coach and the GM on the same page. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. No, like, you're absolutely a thousand percent right. But we don't know if they are because they're both rookies. He is going to have a little delay, guys, just so you know. You hear that, D.L.? No, I was big, I didn't know if I was still in the delay, so I, I thought y'all was going to respond. No, um, so you might not be able to hear uh, J.B. You think you can say that one more time, J.B.? I said absolutely. You do want no, to I can't hear J.B. Step, but the head coach and the GM are both rookies at their positions right now. He said that the head coach and the GMs are both rookies right now, so you really can't look at it like that. And, and that's okay because you are like, if everyone was negative, I was like, bro, on my way to work, I listen to 670, I listen to ESPN, I'm on all these different Bears forums. And everyone is like, we should have hired a more experienced coach. But I'm like, with all the experienced coaches that were out there, no one wanted it because, well, they were losers before. Like, you can't have both. You can't have a young guy who's new and fresh, and you can't have an ex coach who, like, there are not a lot of ex-coaches who need coaching jobs who are great winners before. They all got fired for a reason. Yeah. So you're either going to get a guy who was previously fired for not being successful, Leslie Frazier, uh, Codwell, et cetera, or you're going to get a new guy who who has to prove himself, but it's all a proven game. Nothing is like nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. Right. I, mean, I mean, I hate to bring up this example because he's won five, six Super Bowls, but Bill Belichick, his last year with the Browns, he was 5-11. I mean, they were also leading for Baltimore, so that kind of weighed into their the roster problems. But 
his last stop wasn't that successful. Um, Andy uh, Andy Reid he left Philly being fired. He didn't he didn't leave uh, he didn't leave because of his health. He left because they fired him because he wasn't living to expectations of Philly. So if you want to get a recycled coach, they're going to come with some negativity, just like having a, 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 a rookie head coach. Okay, and thank you, Dia, for jumping in. We're going to have to no let you go, buddy, because we have a ton of questions here, and you can't hear what the guys say anyway, so it's better if you listen I'm to the response. I'm going to jump back on Facebook. All right, but YouTube. Jump on YouTube, my friend. All right. All right. Thank you, bud. Thanks for the question, homie. So what do you guys think about what he just said? He unpacked a lot there. Yeah, I mean, he kind of kind of – I kind of understand what he's saying. That's what I was saying, like – like either you're gonna go one direction or the other. Since the Bears didn't go the experience route, they got an inexperienced guy. So now it's, it's pretty much wait and see. Like hopefully he can lead the, the Bears in the right direction. Like, what else can you do now? Like <laughs> they already hired him. You got two Not a lot. You have two rookie guys that's gonna be learning, learning as they go. And that's just where we are right now. So like I I wish it was kind of one way or the other. Like we had one experienced guy and one rookie guy, a young guy. Kind of mixed. I didn't care if it was a GM. I, I would rather uh, experience GM and maybe got like a young head coach. Yeah, I think we were all kind of in lockstep about that getting someone yeah. with some presidential credentials. Right. <laughs> but it I is what care, it is. I didn't care as much as the head. JB coach. looks like he's just mad at the world over there right now. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? It's a lot of bull going on. <laughs> it's a lot of double talk. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I've known DL for years. I understand what he's saying. Right. But that same scenario when I brought it up about Bill Belichick getting that same second chance, then that does mean that a Todd Bowles deserves a second chance. That means that a Leslie Frazier deserves a second chance. That means yeah. a Brian Flores deserves a second chance. We're talking about their last stop and they weren't successful, but what if they never got the second chance? We could say that about a ton of guys. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem is there's a reason why certain people are not getting second chances based on this or that or this or that. It's only 32 jobs in the league, 32 of them. So if I go to the Jets just to say I'm a head coach, knowing I'm going to get my head kicked in, you want me to, you know, drop blood from a stone? Ty Bowles did that. He had a 10-6 season. Was damn near in the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Ty Bowles was a hell of a defensive coordinator in Tampa Bay last year, Super Bowl championship. As a player, Super Bowl. Yeah, he's decorated. Then you look at Leslie Frazier, same thing, Super Bowl champion, great coordinator, decorated, goes ten and six, goes to the playoffs. Adrian Peterson rushes for two thousand yards. His quarterback is freaking Christian Ponder, <laughs> and that guy went ten okay. and six. <laughs> yeah, but you're telling me these guys don't deserve a second chance because of what now? Like that that make it make sense to me because now. You're telling me give the new blood a chance, but you're giving me a reference about Bill Belichick. Makes no sense. I get you. I get you. So and Andy Reid, a- Andy Reid was fired, but Andy Reid went to like five NFC championships and a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like that's no comparison. But at the end of the day, the Bears still gotta like the guy they gonna hire. Like, well, that's the problem, man. I that's I just don't think the Bears are interested in like Tom Bowles is- and them. This is the problem. At the, at the outset, you said that there would be uh, the potential of if there was a can't-miss head coaching candidate that you would move to secure that person uh, before hiring a general manager. What would the criteria be, what boxes that would be checked that would make you move 
in that fashion to uh, secure a coach before you hired a general manager? I would say that uh, we'll know him when we see him. Okay. <laughs> Ready, AB? And you guys wonder... And you wonder why I have reservations about this whole thing from the jump. It's because of things like that. He says things like that, and it, and it, and it makes me think that no matter what's going on, no matter what report he throws out there, it's, it's all going to be the same. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I don't want to be that guy tonight. I'm trying to be optimistic about this, but it just smells wrong, man. But we've got to keep going on this. I went from zero questions to a thousand. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to jump to some of these questions. Our buddy Frank Marshall in here says, Judo Smith-Schuster is available after this year. What do you think about him? Not really breaking the bank with him, are they? No, I don't think I don't think Juju is going to demand the break of bank type money. But he, yeah, he'll be a good pick. He'll be a, a good guy to bring in because he's trying to rebuild his name, rebuild his. He, he took a kind of hit like they uh, he was expected big things out of Pittsburgh. And then he didn't really do nothing this year. He got caught up in a lot of extracurricular stuff. So he's trying to rebuild his name. So he'll be a good guy to bring in that's going to work hard with a new coach. So. I wouldn't mind a uh, Juju. I, I, I brought Juju on my short list with um, Mike Williams and Zay Jones. Right. He only made eight. I say only, but he made $8 million this year. So you're right. He's not breaking the bank. Right. He's also he's, he's also the type of receiver that might bring a little energy to a receiver core. But we don't want him to be, for lack of a better term, too diva-esque. Because we want him to earn. We want to, him to be on some incentive-based, you know, contracts where it's like, dude, you got to get out there and play, you know. But I wouldn't mind having him with the right mindset and at that same at that same price. That's not bad. And he's still young too. Juju is young. He's five. Yeah, because he's he was young when he was drafted, I think. So I yeah, he, he only came out. He was one of those juniors that was like, like he was real young when 20. he came out. Yeah, I was like twenty or just turning twenty-one right. when he got drafted. So, and again, a, a guy that's six Yo, months. You muted, you muted, eh? <laughs> he is twenty-five. He will turn twenty-six in November twenty-second. Yeah, Just right. three days away from me. Awesome. Right. And how long he been in the league? Five, four, five. Uh, I think I want to say now he's been five years now. If yeah, I remember but, right, so he's young. He's young. He's young, and and, yeah. and he's not he's not a bad player. And he comes so, from a winning culture, too. So you could bring him in here. And I'm telling you, a Darnell Mooney would latch on to him like crazy. Because in a way, I'm not saying that he is. I'm saying that Juju Smith-Schuster and Darnell Mooney could be really kind of the same kind of guy. So do you want another guy that's kind of like him? Or do you want to pair them together and then get a big guy on the outside? So you could really have some crazy slot, you know, inside-outside games going on with both of those guys. Yeah, no, I think I think they'll work to work together good because uh, Juju Smith is a, a bigger receiver. He might not, and he can play. He can, he can play right. He's he's a little beefy. Yeah, and he can play. You can he's move not him inside a, outside a lot. Can, yes, because he's played a lot in the slot. Remember, Claypool was out wide. Yeah, Deontay Washington on the side. I've seen Juju in the middle in the slot. So he's long as he don't bring, long as he don't bring that Pittsburgh receiver diva <laughs> with him. Attitude, oh, right? Don't bring not. no AB type yeah. mess around here. Which hey, wait, 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 what, what? <laughs> Not all ABs bring that, man. The other AB. <laughs> it's all good. So our next question here, Chris Edgerton, 
What do you think happens if Buffalo had their best corner in white in that game, JB? He's Ooh. he's speaking about you saying about how the Hunter got knocked out. Yeah. yeah, you know what you know what the difference is? Tyler Matthew got knocked out in the first quarter of that game. Tredavious White been gone since like week four or five. Yeah. Big difference. He would have helped though. He would have actually of course he would have helped, but you can you, it's, it's a lot different when you're talking about play. a top five corner. Like true, but remember. It's a lot different when you've lost a guy so early in the season, your team has already adjusted without him, as opposed to adjusting to your top-notch safety, losing him in the first quarter. Big Zero difference. pro bowlers on that team. Just like Zero. I said, just like I said in that little promo that Warwick missed out on because he was pretending <laughs> like his computer was messed up. He didn't want to listen to it, but you got to have good playmakers. Man, Buffalo should have won. Buffalo should have won, won, but just like oh, I said man. in, the, no, in that skit, I said <laughs> they, they had I zero said playmakers, won. and in the playoffs, <laughs> your big-time players make big-time plays. Stacey King reference right there. Your big-time guys come in, your pro bowlers, your all NFL guys come in, and take over games. That's what separates them, and that's why I was so against Buffalo is because, yes, they have the number one defense. Yes, they had a great season, but at the end of the day, they didn't have the playmakers, man. I don't think it would have mattered. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. But we got to get our next quick Man, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to keep up, but it is going bananas in here. So Thank you. Keep moving. Our, our buddy Julian in here, shout out to you, Julian awesome member of the CCP family now. His Bears question is, since they might move to 4-3, where do you think Mac goes? And we kind of touched on this right before you jumped in. I think specifically he should probably play the left side because Robert Quinn is more accustomed to the right-hand side. So you're going to put Khalil Mack against the right tackle. That's going to be a pretty good outcome at least 70% of the time. i I would say he's going to get there. He He's going to command a double team. That's going to help the running game or the um the entire passing game for the defense. I think it's a good move, but what do you guys think? Right side or left? I say him going against the right, ta- right tackle is a great move. Yes. And Khalil Mack started with his hand in the dirt. He probably, he would probably love just to get to play with his hand in the dirt the whole game. Like, yeah, that's the type of player he is. So, yeah, and, I think they could it like when you have two guys like that, you could like kind of move them around. Like that's what they do. Like you don't know what side gonna be the weak side. You can move them around. Like you said, they play once. They like the they used to one side, but you let those guys move around. And like you said, you got other guys that you could bring in. You could you could might knock Mac down, move him down inside, and have another guy, two guys outside, and kind of do games and stuff. So it's a lot of options you have when you have a, a couple good rushes. So. Okay. I agree. I, I say keep him. I say keep him on that side against the right tackle, which would be the defensive left side. And let's not forget, Khalil Mack was an All Pro at a defensive end and at a linebacker. He made the Pro Bowl as one of the only players to be uh, selected as one of each. And apparently, he did play the left, according to our friend uh, C.J. Scott. He said that he played the left when he was with the Raiders. So, right. So. Hi, Cat. Get going. <laughs> My so cat. I think that was, I think I think like you said, Ward. Wait, I just got a rush and I ain't got to cover no more. Yeah, <laughs> Which no more Chuck Pagano, where he's yeah. you know dropping back thirty percent of the time. Like get out of here. Right. So we had another question here from our buddy CJ, and he's asking, 
What do you guys think the Bears have to give up to let some of these free agents get a chance to sign? Ooh. Well, TJ, <laughs> if you listen to my plan, you already know what it is. It's the three guys that are making way too much money on this team is Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, and Eddie Jackson. They make up for a ridiculous amount. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but it's far too much money. And we're going to be hamstringed until next, not next season, but the season after that, because just like we said a little bit ago, 44 million right now, you're going to get rid of some guys here and there. You could maybe get it up to 60. I think maybe I'd have to look at the list, but I don't see you getting a lot of really game changing guys going into this season. What do you guys think? Two guys on the short list. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Two guys on the short list. One of them has to be, unfortunately, has to be Tariq Cohen because you can get the same production out of a Jakeem Grant, who also is a free agent, but you can sign for a lot less. Yeah. And and get a couple of dollars off of him. But to me, the most glaring thing is, like, you still, even though you'll have a, a cap hit, I believe, A.B., you said June 1st, but yes. you still have to find out how much money you can, you can get from getting rid of Nick Foles. He has to be in the plan somewhere of trying to get you a couple of million dollars back to add to the free agent. I mean, to add to the uh, cap space. You have to. What do you think, Wart? Hmm. Thanks, Hart. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, it's, I was just thinking, like, it's going to be tough. And then, like you said, a defensive coach coming in, he ain't going to want to get rid of get rid of all those defensive guys. He ain't getting rid of Mack and Quinn because that's going to be his bread and yeah, butter. So, and <laughs> that's like a lot of money, especially like with Mack and Eddie Robinson. And Nick Foles is actually one of those other guys that he's – a post June 1st guy, actually, if you trade him after June 1st right now or next, next, um, next June 2nd, right. you will have a dead cap hit of 2.6 million and save $8 million. You got to do it. You, you got to do it. But that's, that's a trade. If you cut him post June 1st, well, I guess if you cut him, it's not, what is it? It is, where did his name go? So, it's the opposite. If you cut him, it's a seven point six million dollar hit, and you save three million dollars. So you got to find somebody trade for him, him. Give me a six or seven. Him? I don't care. Yeah, but who gonna trade? Try. That's try. It's that's all you can do, man. That's all you can do. So we had some other – God, man, I cannot keep up with these guys. I'm going to have to get somebody just to do this job for me. Man, <laughs> there's a lot. So one of the big questions I saw in here, and it is from our buddy Chris, who jumped in again. He wanted to know how much for that cowboy on the wall work. <laughs> I got to keep – I've had that – No that, sale. <laughs> yeah, I had that picture since – I got that picture when I went to the Cleveland Browns after I left the Bears. So okay. I've had wow. that picture since like 06. Yeah. Okay. I got okay. so much stuff. You can, just, you can just see this part, but I got so much. <laughs> if I just move the camera, it's so many pictures. <laughs> like I have so many pictures, pictures just against the wall. It's ridiculous. So you got into art? Well, not, I mean, like football pictures. Like, oh, oh. It's like, oh, so this is like. It's like the man cave. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> He's going to show us everything he got. Well, I don't think it's for sale. I'm not 100% sure about that, Chris, but it sounds like no sale. But Frank Marshall said that he wants your Star Wars picture, and I know you ain't giving that up because I know what's on it. Yeah, Frank, that picture is signed, actually legitimately signed by George Lucas. My like I just got so many got it from football. Oh, oh, nice. 
That's yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I got. Oh man, why don't you have that behind? We hey, need to you, redo your and uh, and lack. And that's that, and that's when we was in uh we was playing in Illinois. Right, right. That is so awesome, man. <laughs> and it it was signed, but over the years, always just warm. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna come over to your house and redo your setup. I got, so whenever so, we're on here, I'm gonna get that shit right behind you. That's an awesome photo, man. Well, what happened? That. What happened was I moved this summer because of the housing oh, market. Okay. I sold oh, my man. house and made money, and now I moved to a I new house. It. And I just ain't really put. I got so much pictures and stuff in storage and stuff that I need to hang. It's just <laughs> you got to find the motivation to do I, it. I, just, I got so many look like different pictures against the wall. Nope, oh, he gone. <laughs> he gone. One more time, he gone. <laughs> but, well, if he comes back, we're going to – oh, there he is. There he is. What is that? Oh, the South Park, Park version. Yes. You do <laughs> like South Park. Well, see, this is what I was going to – I actually was going to – I actually was going to send this to you because you always talk about South Park. Please. Somebody made this for me, and it's all the Bears, the year we won. It got – as you see, Tony Parrish, Mike Brown, yeah, I'm awesome. about to say, is that Doug? Sick, <laughs> man. Ten and T. You got Philip Daniels. You got me and Lackin. You see, like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get Lack in that. That's oh, yeah. awesome. I, I love that. I'm actually gonna see you this picture. <laughs> the only problem with me getting that photo is that I'm gonna have to carry it around. Everywhere I go, so I could find players and just have them sign it for me, just so I could have each player's signature underneath. That is yeah. badass. Yeah, whoever they made it in uh 01, as you I don't know if you can see at the bottom. Yeah, 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 that's awesome, just, man. Man, I got so much different pictures of college. Nah, that, hey, that's I love that. That's yeah, yeah, it is. So that's why I say, like, that picture, like, there's a lot of pictures, like that picture Brown. I was in Cleveland, it's just gonna always stick with me, like, it's just sentimental. That's why yeah. I put it up. So our buddy Frank Marshall said that he always wants to cry whenever he hears the name Mike Brown, and yeah, right. I got to agree with it. Brownie. Brownie. So, like, we can get off topic a little bit on this. So, <laughs> Mike Brown as a player, as a teammate, Warwick, can you explain what he was like? Uh, I always wanted to ask you this. All right. I've so, met him, and, like, I know kind of how he is as a person, right. but just kind of explain how he is. The first time I the first time I saw Mike Brown once he got drafted and he came to Hallis Hall, <laughs> he was wearing like glasses. He looked real like I yeah. don't want to say nerdy, but <laughs> <laughs> you know he ain't that big of a guy. I think he like no. 5'10". I towered over his ass when I met him. I, I'm only six two, and I'm right. like, what the hell so, this little guy? <laughs> when I saw him, they was like, he was safety from Nebraska, and I was looking like. And he don't look like a Nebraska safety. Like, I played against Nebraska. Those guys are <laughs> monsters. Yeah. And he was, like, wearing glasses and talking nice. And I was like, man, he a, he a, he a dog. But once I oh, saw yeah. him play, once he got to practice, my Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about him. Snap. Once he played, yeah. I literally saw Mike Brown, like, knock himself into a concussion. The demon Mike Brown. Like, knock himself out. <laughs> woke up and was – going crazy on the sideline because they will let him back in the game. Like, <laughs> like he earned my respect just watching how, how he can played. not love him? My God, he's amazing. Like, Mike Brown was like the – like, I was like, yeah, you you a lot different than I thought you was. Just from looking at you, when you get on the field, he was a baller. 
I ain't gonna even talk about the back-to-back games. He basically won those games for us. I was there at the Cleveland game. Yeah, yeah. the Cleveland game and the 49th man. But he was also a good leader. Like Mike Brown came from a good. He came from Nebraska when they were the black shirts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in Nebraska now. The good Nebraska. <laughs> the black shirt Nebraska. <laughs> when they he he brought leadership. He was a natural leader. Love football. Instincts was off the chart. I mean, like his first couple weeks there at uh, training camp as a rookie. Greg Bosch was always already letting him make calls and checks in the secondary because he already oh, had wow. caught up to the playbook. Now he a guy that I I don't know why he's not coaching. I don't know why he's not some coach somewhere because he got the mind. I love Mike Brown. Like I say, it was probably every third game he would knock himself out, <laughs> like literally, <laughs> not, knock his own self out hitting people and come right and be ready to play again. Like but I'm hey, him and Tony Perry, Tony the Gun Eric. Oh, God, Tony. They were some thumpers. My God. <laughs> Big boy. Yeah. All I remember about Mike Brown, like I remember the first time I met Mike Brown was one of the years they went, oh, I think we've got a, we actually have a call, guys. Again, hey. so hold that thought. <laughs> Hello, you are on Bear Fans with a Brain. Yeah, what's up, fellas? What's going on? What's oh, this guy. Is that foul mouth? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Hey, JB, you know damn well I wasn't about to let you get away with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on some damn Tyron Matthew. And then I'm talking about all Davis. He was out the whole year. Nah, Justin is a Justin player. White was there. You can't use Tyron Matthew and then sit up there and be like, oh, well, white don't matter. You know better than that. Never said it didn't matter. I said it's harder to adjust in game than it is for somebody you didn't lost for ten weeks. I'm sorry, fellas. I'm actually uh, on the road. I'm actually in Alabama visiting my daughter. It's her sweet 16th birthday. So uh, here's her. Yeah, I'm telling it's my son's uh, birthday. I'm watching him on TV. I'm I'm just listening (laughs) to the podcast. So, what do you guys really think about uh, who you think should be the OC? You have. You didn't really catch that, did you? No, you didn't. Nah, I didn't catch that. So um, we will hang up with you, and we will comment on that just so you know, because there's probably a delay. I don't know if you can hear the guys correctly, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a delay. Okay, so we will let you go, and we will quickly discuss that, bud. So always good talking to you. I will see you Tuesday, my man. You have have a good one, and you drive safe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, see you fellas later. All right, see, man. All right, see. So, the quick answer for C, OCs. I, Caldwell, if not Caldwell, I would want somebody like that come from like an offense like San Francisco, something that's innovative, that they know how to like, especially with Justin Fields, like innovative with the run game, with the passing game, and how to use the quarterback. If not somebody like that, then I like Caldwell just because he didn't. He's been around a lot of quarterbacks and developed quarterbacks. Caldwell, Todd Haley, Pete Carmichael, or Peyton Manning? (laughs) (laughs) Peyton. (laughs) And you can't get better offensive mind than that. You're right. So mine was – I didn't even bring up Ken Dorsey uh, because I actually wanted the Brian Dable-Ken Dorsey relationship to move to Chicago because of the fact that – they made Josh Allen into what he is, you know, that, that head coach wasn't touching him. It was the offensive coordinator. It was the quarterback coach. It was those guys that was really dealing with them. And I thought those two pairing together here 
would really benefit Justin Fields more than it would benefit anyone on the team. And he's the most important guy in this whole scenario. He's the guy that we've got to start developing the right way. So that was my first one. My second one, it's not really somebody that I'm like in love with, but Mike, Mike Kafka is um, the, um, the chief's passing coordinator. And it's somebody to look at who can call plays. He's learned behind in Eric Bieniemy. It's somebody that could definitely be someone that they're going to look at. And also Bobby Slowick. He was the 49ers passing game director. So those are my quick three guys. I've been really trying to think about this one a lot. There's a lot of good ones out there. Um, the Seahawks OC, I'm not really thrilled with that whole situation there. A lot of people saying Pep Hamilton in here. I'm not. I'm not mad at Pep. I'm not I, mad I, at I, Pep I like Hamilton. Pep he, I, I like Pep. Yeah, I'm. I'm not against Pep. It's just one of those things where it's like, can you pry him away? You know, like, can you get him to come here for that role? I'm not 100 percent sure that he wants to, but after what's happened before with him, Brian Dable, what could have been? We know, we know. And Frank Marshall says that Walter Payton, dream on. Better off getting Archie Manning. <laughs> you might not be wrong. I mean, it, it's. It has. Am I? Am I right? Did I see that Sean Payton is said he's stepping away from the Saints? Yes, he is. But so um, there's something behind that. Though. Yeah. So <laughs> there is. So what I think's going on, and a lot of people think this. This isn't something that I just came up with. A lot of people think that he's leaving there because of the fact that you know the offense is kind of stagnant. They're looking to rebuild that that whole the whole quarterback thing. Is is Jameis going to start? Is he not? He just paid. <laughs> He just paid a, another guy who's not even a quarterback, like, what, $40 million? Jason Hill, he paid. But Jameis is a free agent, so. Oh, Jameis might come back because I hear that they're looking at Byron Leftwich now, which he worked with when he was in Tampa. So maybe that's a name that they could maybe coax him back just because of that fact. But I'm sure they're going to draft a guy this year. I don't see how they're not. He didn't want to be a part of that. What he does want to be a part of is the Dallas Cowboys. And it's not going to be this year. But And a lot of people are also going to say, well, Alan, what about Dan Quinn? He rejected all the other coaching jobs after he left Chicago. I, what, there's like five or six other jobs now. He rejected all of them and said he wants to go back to Dallas. Right, right. Is that because he knows that they're going to get rid of Mike McCarthy? Maybe, maybe possibly. I'm not sure. Or maybe he just wants a better opportunity. That's a question we don't know. And for that matter... Did he really want to coach the Bears or did he leave going, I just really don't want to do this because this isn't the job I want. He wants the Dallas job. That's hard to tell. But I but, bet my bottom dollar, JB, that next year Jerry Jones will be beating down the Saints door to try to figure out what it's going to take for them to get him over to Dallas. I so bet you money. Correct me if I'm wrong because I might be a little skewed. The last time we saw something like this, it was with a player, where yeah, Carson, yeah. Pa Carson Palmer, right, retired from the Bengals because he didn't want to play for them anymore. Yep. Sat a year, and then the next year he was free, and he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. So with the coaching, is it something similar to where if he quits now, sits a year, because I'm putting the pieces together. If they wanted to give Dan Quinn the head coaching position, they could give Dan Quinn that position right now. Yeah. Or is it something in the works where they're like, Dan, just stay here one more year, then we're going to pair you and Sean Payton up? I, that's kind of what I think is going to happen that's here. But, but they're going to have to trade for him because I believe the Saints owe him for three years. If I remember right, I think someone in the chat 
set it to. Yeah, they own his rights through 2023. So they will even so though that one year then because he's quitting the, the this is the 2022 season. Yeah, so they'll owe him 2022. They'll probably buy out 23. Either buy uh, they're probably gonna ask for something in return for him. <laughs> it's Jerry I, Jones. Smart, if they're smart, it's the Jerry Jones. Will, he'll pay it. He'll pay it. Well, if the Saints are smart, they're gonna want compensation for him, and that's what I think is gonna happen. Is he's probably gonna get traded there next year. He's gonna take a year off. He wants to be with his kids, he wants to do all that, which I understand that great, but he's not gonna lose that itch. I guarantee he's not losing. He don't want to be with his kids. <laughs> he don't want to be with the Saints. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. the real talk right there. If I'm if, if I'm also not mistaken, the Saints are in a worse position draft capital wise and they're the worst cap wise. Oh yeah they're like ridiculous like they're their first I think theirs was like a ridiculous money like 70 mil or something and so the Packers might, are like 44 million or something like he that. might see the writing on the I wall uh, yeah, right, John. Like I suggested, he might see the writing on the wall. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, it's hard telling, but with with that offense, with the Dak Prescott and those wide receivers and all that, and adding a Sean Payton on that, Oof. good lord, good lord, Oof. that could be scary offense. And if there's a way that they can figure out how to retain a Dan Quinn on the defensive side, look out. That's the best coaching staff in football. Period. And a story. But yep. we'll see. We'll see. So the next question I got, guys, it's a real important one. Uh, Warwick, this is this one's for you. I don't have to play the long video from last week's <laughs> uh, show to under, to let everyone know that Warwick went 0 for 4 last week. JB and I went 3 and 1. But who really was going to pick the 49ers to win that game? I know a lot of people didn't really think that was going to happen. JB and I were like kind of talking about it during the show. Like, here's how you can beat them. If you do this, if you do this. And the more we talked, the more I wanted to do it. But it's just hard to bet against Green Bay at home, especially with those frigid temps, man. So, oh, for it. Uh, those games broke my heart. Every game I was watching, <laughs> I was thinking about this stream. Like, oh, I'm happy it is. <laughs> You know I'm not gonna let it go. And I was like, all the way how all the games ended. They were all like heartbreakers, like Tennessee yeah. Titans. I was like, yes, they finally did had a good drive and actually, and I was like, yes, thank you. Then they get the ball back and Tannehill throw it. I was like, huh, y'all yep. gonna do me like that? <laughs> <laughs> and every game I watched, I sat and smiled and went, "Oh, work." Because every like game started where I, every game started where I was losing. Oh, I was in bad. Then the team fought back and got it to where, yes, end of the game, 20 seconds left, got it, uh, 30 seconds or whatever. And then I'm looking like, look at this. <laughs> I bet you were screaming at that Rams game. I bet that Man, was the well, one you got I was screaming at all the games. <laughs> like all the games. I was yelling at the Tennessee Titans game because I'm like, come on, Tannehill. Like, don't yeah. do me like that. <laughs> like, come on, Annell. <laughs> yeah, somebody. I mean, my God. All so. Right. Who I got Let's this get game. to it then. So, first game, we'll look at 49ers and Rams. Who you got? JP, you want to go? Warwick, do you I want first. us to go first? Because no. if we go first, you might actually be able to pick the game correctly. <laughs> no, so. I don't want to go first because then y'all just going <laughs> to say I'll follow y'all pick. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going with oh, – who I don't want to – all right. I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay. 
elaboration? You, you know I'm not just gonna let you say that. Like you, you gotta like, elaborate. I like, I like the way the 49ers playing. I will give them that. Okay. Like they playing with they playing with that playoff chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they are. Which that's what I'm saying now. On like, the defensive side of the ball, at least. Right. I don't want to bet it. I don't want to go against them, but I just like the Rams' energy right now. As long as Matt Stafford keep making the right throws and don't <laughs> don't turn the the other Matt Stafford, I think the Rams. I think the Rams could beat them. I think the Rams have more firepower, and I like the. Aaron Donald, so I'm gonna go with the Rams. Okay, JB. Uh oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. okay. <laughs> so Chris said Rams by 40. I don't know about all that. You need to calm down there, buddy. <laughs> so be another troll post. <laughs> my bro Curtis Clay and I at the beginning of the year. I'm not good at like draft kings and barstool bet and all that stuff, but we put in a bet. Chiefs Rams at the beginning of the season, preseason. Okay. So, you know, I'm chomping at the bit. But I really feel we've seen a different side of Matthew Stafford. We've we've seen Matthew Stafford get to the playoffs, but never produce when it's like Calvin Johnson or Bust. Yeah. He's actually got a squad on both sides. And I know that they've lost, I think they've lost like five straight to San Francisco or something ridiculous like that or whatever. But I have no faith in porn star Jimmy. <laughs> I don't. True. So I got the Rams. Okay. Got the Rams because you don't like porn star Jimmy, huh? <laughs> I don't that's have any a, faith in him. That's an expert breakdown right there. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> porn star Jimmy, no dice. <laughs> no dice, porn star Jimmy. And, I mean, I'm kind of concerned about some things on the – 49ers side of the ball. Trent Williams isn't practiced yet this week. Aaron Donald played a lot outside last week, so you could really put Aaron Donald on the edge or Leonard Floyd on the edge. Really, really good after them. So I I think we're all going to be in lockstep on this one, guys. Okay. I'm definitely picking the Rams, too, as well. Warwick, <laughs> the way there's some hope. Can, okay. I, can, I, can I bring something to your attention, A.B.? You always can. Who got a cup? Who, who got some sacks last week? In that in the in the Rams game, I mean, who sacked Tom Brady and who pressured I, him a couple times? I barely even remember half of that game. Von Miller, oh Von Miller, yeah, yeah. Von Miller definitely is starting to look like the old Von Miller. If you get Von Miller playing like that on one side, and you've got Aaron Donald in the middle and Leonard Floyd playing yeah. half of that on the on the yeah, other side, Miller, that's yeah. a tough, tough. Yeah, so you could literally so. The fact that Trent Williams is out, you could literally just rotate Aaron right. Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller on the on the left side. I'm porn star Jim. That poor guy <laughs> on the left tackle is gonna have a day, man. He's not gonna know what the hell's going on, man. Right. So yeah, I'm and Debo sure. is hurt. Debo, I my God, Debo is hurt. He is off the injury report, though. He's not on he the injury play, report. Debo I know right he's now, play, but. but but yeah. when yeah. when he walked off, I don't know about you guys, but when he walked oh, yeah. off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he limped off, off more like it. Yeah. You know what I thought? Bo Jackson. I yep. swear to God, I did. Man, I, I was hope like, not. I was like, I'm oh, rooting for not. that kid. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting know, I'm, for him. I've been trying to get you from, from, from Debo for, for a while now. Because like day one, the Rams and or the, <laughs> the 49ers Bears game, Debo comes out and just torches us. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, he's not a top five guy. And he is killed me ever since he is just 
proven me wrong, but I don't even consider him a wide receiver. I consider him a football player. I consider him a better Cordell Patterson at this point. He could literally do anything. He could play wide receiver. He could play running back. He could probably return kicks. I'm surprised they haven't put him there. Because, my God, could you imagine him running at you full speed from the kickoff? Jesus, get out of the way, boy. Football player. Yeah, most definitely a football player. So we've all unfortunately got the Rams. I almost want to go against you just so I can, but I'm not going to go against you, Morgan. I just want to be able to. I just want to be able to message Morgan that got you. <laughs> but, but we'll move on. All right. To the next game, we already saw the Super Bowl last week, guys. So we already know the the Super Bowl's over. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And we're going to play some extra fun games now. So Cincinnati and the Kansas City Chiefs, who you got? Uh, if it wasn't for the, the Bengals offensive line, I would have more faith in them. I still say they are a young team. They got to take they got to take them lumps first before they could get over the hill. Okay. I'm going with Kansas City because I feel like the Bengals offensive line just ooh. <laughs> nine sacks. Yeah, see, and that's what I'm. I'm gonna I'm I'm leave that to last week. Let it go. <laughs> I'm like, how can you have nine sacks and lose the game? I mean, you're right. screaming. I'm like, <laughs> that's how I knew it wasn't meant for me. But anyway, I'm going Kansas City. I'm going Stay Kansas City. I'll see. Yep. Uh, been there before. Know how to win. Played in big games. Experienced head coach. Experienced quarterback. Uh, offensive line on Cincinnati Bengals is terrible. Even though the Bengals are playing lights out, like I tip my hat to them, actually. They playing good for a young team. They actually look like the veteran team last week playing good. I told you. They actually did look like they look like the veteran team, and the Titans look like the young team that just made the playoffs. And I was like, come on, Titans. But anyway, let it go. Ryan Tannehill just blew that game. And Tannehill, we do not trust. Ryan Tannehill, like if I'm the Titans, I am literally beating down the Packers door to figure out what I got to do to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Because if you have Aaron Rodgers with Hollywood Brown and and who? Who's on the other side? The big boy, Julio Jones, on the other side. I mean, and Derrick Henry. My uh, God. Yeah. They'd be hard to beat. Yeah. They'd be hard yeah. to beat. Yeah. better get on the phone. Well, if it's me, I would be. I'd be throwing the kitchen sink at them for him. But JB, who you got? I mean, this is a no-brainer. I was speaking to my mom at eight o'clock this morning about it. Baby goat. <laughs> yep. Soon to be the goat. A few more years, but yeah. No, oh, he's on a trajectory like no other. He's on the way. That's yeah. that's that's it. Oh, I don't even got to really say anything means else. the Chiefs, y'all. Yeah. It doesn't mean Joe Burrow. Definitely maybe not Joe Burrow. means the Chiefs. Smoking Joe Burrow is uh, his nickname from what I hear. Julio Jones is not washed. I don't think he's washed. I just think he's, he's been – I just system. think he's been hurt. It's a different system. He's learning how to play there. But how can you not pick the Chiefs in this game? I think coming in, it, they were a minus six. Yes, we know that Cincinnati beat them this year. We understand that. We get it. <laughs> Again, just like I said last week, this is the playoffs. And yeah, Jamar Chase looking like an looking like he's the real deal. He might tear them up. My God, T. Higgins, you could not watch that game and not see him all over the field against the Titans. He was burning them, just like we said here. 
burning them up in the slot. He's killing it. But man, when you're when you're throwing out a shootout again, mm-hmm. you got to roll with P. Holmes. You got to roll with the baby goat. It's got to be Kansas City. Hopeful. I haven't. Um, I should actually check the injury report about this. So Tyron Matthew practiced today. Yeah, he, he got released out of cut. Per- yeah, concussion he is out protocol. of concussion protocol. And I'm looking at this injury report for the Chiefs, and it's big. Let me tell you, there's a bunch of names on here, but they all are full practice. The only one who didn't full practice was Matthew yesterday. The rest of the injury report for them, they're all full go. Um, you've got on the Bengals side, you've got Cam Sample. He didn't. He hasn't practiced at all this week, and everyone else has. So it's not a horribly uneven matchup, but it's going to be a good game. Don't get me wrong. Joe Burrow is going to come in. He's going to do some things. Joe Mixon should be a huge part of this, a huge part of this plan. They need to run the ball. They need to keep baby goat off the field. They've got to do that to win this game, but it's Kansas city at home AFC championship game. Unless something catastrophic happens to baby goat. I don't see them losing this game. Not one minute. I'm going to bet heavy on this game, guys, just so you know. I am I am money line in this one till the cows come home. You got to teach me how to do that. You and it's not that heavy. hard, man. It's not that hard. Like, I might take them at a minus two just, like, for, like, a, like a, a, a little extra coin on it, but I don't see them losing this game. There's just no way, man. I, I, I want to shout, uh, say something to some people that are like, look how the Bengals just came back and, and, and did t- uh, Kansas City dirty. Yeah. Okay, now pump your brakes. Hold on one second. Because if I remember correctly, the score going into halftime was like 28-17 or something like that. Close. Some, somewhere around there. Because the game ended up, I think they lost, what, 36-31 or something like that? So I, I Man, I, I, I was half blown away by then. You know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> so, I was feeling good. Let's just say that. I want to I I mirror that game. And go back to a game where it was this big old game. I think it's called the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and this team, coached by Dan Quinn, was up 27 to 3. Yep. I thought about that game a lot this weekend. <laughs> and then they just, oh, but they took their foot off the gas and let's play the time game and let's stop. Andy Reid just did that same thing. Four weeks ago against the Bengals, five weeks maybe now. Yeah. Where they were front running, they were killing them, and then they just start dialing back. Yep. Next thing you know, dang, Burrowed and caught back up. Now we got to rev back up I mean, again. Let's not sit here and not give. See, this is the thing about that game. And sorry, JB, I didn't mean yeah. to want to cut you off on that. Yeah. But the thing about that, that whole game that like everyone forgets is that the Patriots' defense turned it up a notch, too. Like, don't start ever discrediting that defense because that 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 whole Patriots' defense, they definitely did some things that game. Like, So, again, I'm not discrediting, never discrediting. But what I'm saying is this, and Warwick, you can probably attest to this. Some coaches, when they get a comfortable lead, instead of pressing on like, a Steve Spurrier would, they start to try to coast to not get people hurt to win the game. And they start every every series is now a four-minute drill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just I'm just I'm sorry. Call me an asshole. I'm not a fan of that. 
if I'm up 28 to four, uh, 28 to 17 at the half, I want to be up 56 to 17 by the time the game is over. I'm not dialing back my plays. Every yeah. play, I'm trying to cut your throat. Once I have my foot on your neck, I'm trying to snap it. Yeah. That's what. That's why I say Andy Reid did the dummy. He let them back in the game. He let them back in the game. Andy Reid not going to make that mistake again. Trust and believe. No. No. Trust and believe. <laughs> not one bit. No, I completely agree with you. All right. So we all in agreement this week. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> lucky for you, we are. <laughs> You'd be oh, sitting on your couch like, God, I don't want to deal with these two again. <laughs> I can't deal with these two idiots again. <laughs> so, like, go, wait, go back. What was that? Atlanta Coast didn't got what? They got Coast caught up to him. Yep. Thank it got him. It got him. Hey, Coast. Did, hey, hey, Ward, let me ask you this because I know you're, you're not the rah-rah guy, but what is wrong with, like, if you're winning big, what's wrong with winning bigger? Like, am I missing something here? There's nothing wrong with winning big or winning bigger. I think a, a lot of times it's just they get into the, the numbers and the analytics and the like, hey, we got this many points we winning, so we could just play it safe and like make make them beat us, basically. Let's not make a mistake and being aggressive and maybe we throw some picks and let they run a, a couple pick six backs. Now they're back in the game. They figure, like, if we play safe and make them beat us, which they ain't showed our game, then we could finish it off. I don't but like don't that. kind of play into their hand because now I'm putting my defense in the flux because now my offense is going three and out, six and out. Yeah, sure. Can't lose this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, you. I mean, you're right. As a defensive player, you don't like it because you have to go back on the field a lot, and now you like, huh. I watched the Rams literally squander a lead because of a fumble. I watched them do it. They literally, check it out if you don't believe me. They had a three and out that lasted nine seconds. Nine. Against Tom Brady? Yeah, see? Brady almost came back. Brady almost braided him. (laughs) What? But but that's what I'm saying. What do these coaches think? Like, if I'm... Mm. It's just like I say, it's just like the other team, like they going against a Brady. They know what he could do. So they like if we could just make it where he make them have to beat us, make those those receivers beat us, then we could the, the game would be over by the time he catch up. But like you say, when it be nine seconds or it'd be a turnover or it'd be a bad play, then it, it turns around so fast on you. Especially in the playoffs, which yeah. that's in the playoffs, those types of I'm like Bill Belichick and Madden. I'm just right. I'm beating them by 50. I don't care. You just <laughs> stand in the momentum. Like really, you ran you you ran against the eight man front. Right. You ran two dive plays. One with one with uh, Sony Michelle. One with um is it? It's not Austin Eckler. Cam Akers. And then yeah. you threw like a little dump to Higby that went out of bounds. It it took nine seconds. See, I feel like JB. That's it's not really being conservative. It's it's them just really trying to clock manage correctly and just drain more of a clock because once you get that far in a game and you're up by that much, you got an analytics team upstairs going, okay, yeah. as long as you hold the ball this, this amount of time, right. you'll be fine. So they try to run the ball. They try to do these short dumps to try to really alleviate any pressure from 
the defense having to go back out on the field too much. So that's why a lot of teams do that to where they just want to try to run the clock out. And they know that if they play the analytics, huh? right, analytics work yeah. most of the time. Right, right. But when, but whenever you're going up against greatness, analytics get thrown out the damn window. Sometimes. Ask Pete Carroll about analytics. That's exactly why you don't. <laughs> Use analytics in every situation. There's a time and, and a this place is for sting it. Coming from a Bears fan, coming from a Bears player and another Bears fan, ask Lovey Smith about analytics. I mean, you 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 right. I talked mean, to Tim Tebow and Marion Barber when he ran out of bounds against Denver all those years ago, and all they had to do was stay in bounds. Right. Players make dumb decisions sometimes. I mean, you're right, JB. But at the same time, like I say, those they believe in analytics and the way you run a game and. Yes. Believe it or not, they probably win that more than they lose it. They it's do. Just when, it, when you yeah. lose it, it just it's bad. But they probably – There's still analytics for that too. Like there's a small possibility that it happens. But if you play the numbers right nine times out of ten, you're right. going to get the right call. But right. analytics – Time is a killer. Analytics, when you're up that big, I get it to a point, but I don't get it. Analytics, you're – your, your first and goal, like at the one or two, I'm giving Marshawn Lynch the ball every, every single time. play. Well, that's where – His having, name is Beast Mode. I that's where having star guys in there – That's where having star guys in there changes your, your whole analytical approach, JB. That's where having star players where sometimes you just got to throw that damn thing across your shoulder and say, we're going for it. <laughs> like right. sometimes you got to be that guy. Analytics didn't analytics just cost the Chargers a, a big game to get in the playoffs? He kept Chargers. going for it on fourth down. That was stupid selfishness. That's what that was. The only thing he had to do was kneel it and end, and they would have been in the playoffs. But he Take got greedy. Guy you go to the playoffs. He got greedy, and they agreed to do that. The Raiders agreed to do that. They basically had a verbal agreement that if if we go to tie, that's it. We'll see I, I, you in the playoffs, right? I can't take you got it greedy. because when you when you when you say we're talking about a game of inches in football, yeah, I can see analytics being more profound in baseball where it's a failing sport. If you're failing, you hit 300, which is a failing percentage on average. You're considered a great hitter. Yeah, I can see analytics in baseball. Analytics in football. With this dude, <laughs> giving him the ball. There's still analytics out there, yeah, JB. Right. It's it's like, wild to think that. about it, but that's what third it is. And, third and one, and you take Patrick Mahomes off the field. That one drives me insane. Insane. I saw all day that morning they they had that little Travis uh, Travis Kelsey option like play <laughs> on ESPN, and I'm sitting here like, the hell are they but doing? they didn't even do it with Travis Kelsey. That's they didn't, the problem. See, I I actually thought they did at first because like I said, I was I was half cocked in the game. Number, <laughs> but they did it with number 81. It was 81. Yeah. I can't remember who that is. I, that and he, might be did, like, he did the soft pitch to McKinnon. Jeremy yeah, McKinnon told him sideline. He got like a five yard, four or five yard loss. You got Patrick Mahomes. Like I I get you want to show people something different. I get it. Sometimes you want to give them new looks, but my God, you've got Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. 
I love what the 49ers defensive coordinator did. He came up. I forgot his name. He's number 94. He said, look, because he had an interview. He said, look, I need you to go block this point. I don't care what the analytics say. The analytics <laughs> say, hold him up, get a good punt return, let the clock, don't lose too much clock, whatever. He said, damn that. Go block this punt. We need Blake it. Bell is number Blake Bell, thank you, Thank Joe. you, Joe Ryan. Thank you for that. And what did he do? When blocked the punt and they scored. Damn analytics and something. Tough. Give me a guy. Yeah. Give me Art. a guy. Yeah, but I'm going to show you some and muscle. No, yeah. I get it, man. You think yeah. Tom Brady gave a game about analytics? No, give me the ball. Well, um, hey, hey, oh, ask Aaron Rodgers. I'm actually going to debate you on that because I ask think Aaron Rodgers a lot of his quick throws with analytics. I'm pretty sure he does. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not hanging out with him. I don't know his exact game, but I've heard a lot of rumors that he uses analytics in a lot of things. Okay, and I give you that, but look at what happened to Aaron Rodgers last time. This happened last year. Analytics pulled him off the field, which is analytics made. Analytics made Lafleur call that dumb play. That's that. That's that tenth time out of nine, or <laughs> that's the tenth time where right. nine times it's it's all worked up to that point. But sometimes that gut feeling is what you got to go with as as a head coach, as a player. You got to go for those kind of things sometimes because if you don't, it ain't gonna work. I know it's an old cliche, but you play to win the game. Hey, work. If you come to me as coach and you say, coach. Let me go. I got him. Well, Ward, the analytics say that you don't do good against a two-man front with a tight end chipping on the edge. You say, Coach, I got it. I'm getting through. Yeah. Ward, go get it. I, that's how I'm going to feel, but that coach going to be looking like you said that she said, well, I didn't, I didn't, you just told me that 10 times and you ain't never got there. <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to slap that, slap that, 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 that cheat out of his hand, that, that damn Denny's menu. Slap out his hand because something like 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 we just we saw Aaron Donald do it like just go get it right right I mean like it's some type of plays but like I said like they gonna go off of like like it's just certain stuff like when they go for it like analytics is the reason why they go for it when it be a certain score like when they go for two when they go for two like they be like it's more chances of going for two and getting it than not making it. It's just yeah. a lot of stuff that they do. Like, like I said, I, I get it. It has its place, yeah. but yeah. it just so, it just looks bad when it when it doesn't work or when, when, it's, you, when it's but when it's money time, right? Cool with my guys, man. Yeah. So, and in in saying that, I'm gonna close it with this: <laughs> the Chiefs had a 9.5 percent win probability with only 13 seconds left, and they got it done. Andy Reid pulled Mahomes over to the side, and he says, when things look grim, be the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you are. Sometimes right. that's how the NFL goes, man. That's right. It is what it is. But I got one more question for you guys. Just one. Just one. This is. What are you watching? Brought to you by the Chicago Clubhouse and the 1252 Sports Chicago Network.
And this is What Are You Watching? Brought to you by the John Darren team out, out in Homer Glen. Glen, guys, make sure that you get out there today. If you're looking for a home in the Chicagoland area, I'm telling you, guy has great deals. He's a great guy to deal with. He will do everything he can in his power to help you. Go to homesbyjdt.com today. So, <laughs> every time we do this segment, Warwick just gets ear-to-ear smiles on his face, man. Like, he loves it. I think he likes to talk about this more than he does football sometimes. <laughs> I really do. I feel like he only comes on with us every week because he, he knows he can talk shows with us. <laughs> well, actually, this I'm going to go first, obviously. Uh, really, this Chris week. Lenz is just waiting for me to say Ozark. That's all yeah. it is. Really, this week, I haven't, I haven't watched anything. Yeah. What? Eric Oldman hasn't watched TV. I haven't even, I haven't even watched the, the Boba Fett, the new one. The newest. What? I know. That's a double a double break. No. Well, I was going to say, I watched football all weekend, and then oh, I started yeah. a new my, uh, a, a workout routine where I'm going, I'm waking up at like 545. And going so <laughs> it's been a rough week where Damn. I've been going to sleep early, trying to wake up early to work out. So I That's haven't really watched problem. nothing. But I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the the bubble fast so I can catch up because I heard it's a good episode. You gonna have to call me because we gotta talk. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I heard it's a good episode. <laughs> and other than that, I'm just waiting for some good movies to come out. Like there's no good movies like at the movie theater that I I could think of. That's why I was you like, just man, Spider Man again. I mean, <laughs> I could I could go back six times and watch that and never. Yeah, it's like it's no so movies. I, it's no movies really coming out. So, and I haven't watched nothing on TV. So that's why I was like, man, they're going to be disappointing me this week. So, yeah. Basically, all I've been watching is sports replays, watching football on the news because it's starting to, this, I like this part of football too because everything is, it's new news coming every day. Mm-hmm. is about, about to start happening. So, I'm glad you do because running uh, six or seven media pages when oh, whenever yeah. the Bears news breaks, it's been a long couple days for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I, I got to say, I man. Imagine. I can imagine. Ooh, I'm telling you. JB, what are you watching? So, of course, Boba Fett, but yeah. we'll take that later. Um, was, it good, always, was, it, was it a good episode? I'm telling you, when you see it, you okay. got to call me. All right. Because right. <laughs> it's like, really? Okay, I see what y'all doing here. I love it. But, again, I've, I've literally, I've just been watching football. I've been glued to every media outlet that I can have from our pages to other people's pages, trying to see what's going on with the Bears. I've been watching, of course, Texas A&M basketball for my son. And then, um, oh, I know we don't do showers, but today is his 23rd birthday. I have to say happy birthday to him. They're on right now. They're losing by one point in overtime with 325 left. So I feel a Kobe moment coming on. That would be nice. But I also, work. you had mentioned there was no good movies, and I was thinking about it like, oh, I wanted to see the new Scream. Now, Scream is like a cult classic now. Not that Probably going to be two hours of cheese, but yeah. <laughs> I want to see it. kind of why I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I, I still want to see it. It's been out for like a week or whatever, but I, I want to yeah. see it. All okay. Right. Okay. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, no. No, it's not really a bad. Oh, so I started Ozark and I freaking love it. It's amazing. Oh my God. Chris Lenz. I love it. I love, I love Ozark. It's amazing. I'm, I think I'm at like eight, 
um, episode eight or nine of the first season. But I just found out, spoiler alert, um, they're going to make another season now. One of my friends told me who finished season four said that they're coming out with another season, even though they said that it's the last season. So I'm not very happy about that because now I'm going to have to sit a year after I finish Ozark, after I binge watch it. I'm not too happy about that. But I made an arrangement with my girlfriend, too, about watching Bubba Fett. She likes The Mandalorian. Like, she likes that stuff. But she's like, I don't really think I want to watch Bubba Fett. So basically, whenever whenever she goes to bed, like she goes to bed at like <laughs> nine, nine or nine thirty, I'm going to watch Bubba Fett. So probably tonight after I'm done here, I'm going to go start Bubba Fett. Okay. So by next week, I'm going to be caught up on Bubba Fett. And then we all can have that conversation about Bubba Fett. I'm like my life, Bubba Fett. I know. Oh, I yes. I've just had so many. Sh- so I finally finished The Witcher. I finally got that out of the way and done. I mean. There's just been a lot of shows that I've wanted to watch, and there's still more shows coming out. Like, I I hear about Stranger Things is going to come back pretty soon. Like, I'm hearing all these rumors about stuff, and I'm like, oh, I got to get through stuff. So, Ozark, highly recommend it. It's great. It's got lots of twists and turns in it. It's awesome. The cast is awesome. Go check it out for sure. I'm going to put something on you guys' watch list. I want to say February 17th, which is uh... – oh, thanks, Mom. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Bye, Mom. <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a little sound bite of you from last week going, hey mom. <laughs> and every time she jumps in, I'm gonna just say, hey mom. <laughs> but I I think it's February. Is it the February 13th or 17th? Yeah. I don't remember. Bel Air. Have you all seen the trailer for oh, Bel Air? Really? So, I I heard like a, a like I read something about it, but I have I hadn't seen it yet. So Bel Air. Is Will Smith's production and adaptation yeah. of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but brought into it's not a like live studio audience comedy. Yeah, it's like a drama. Okay, that I'm definitely looking forward to that. But by you know February starts next week, like next yep. week or whatever. It's crazy, but it'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But I just wanted to put that on your watch list so you see the trailer, you'll be like, oh, well, okay. I'm actually gonna. Look that up now, so I don't forget that. I'm going to put that on my list. <laughs> Definitely waiting. I do not forget that. Eager one. to see that. Yeah, love it. Love it. Is that it? Are we done? Man, are we closing? We covered a lot of stuff. It just doesn't feel like we should, but I mean, <laughs> I think we got it all. And our fans tonight, guys, you guys were killing it. You guys are great as as always. Call ins, questions. I love the question. I, I honestly it. couldn't even keep up. Like I was like trying to look up a couple things and I I would come back after I, I would look something up and I'd have like nine freaking comments and I'm like, my God, these guys are going crazy tonight. And it just kept bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So thank you guys a lot. We appreciate it, man. We couldn't do this without you. Please keep coming. Please keep bringing your questions, your comments, calls. I don't care what it is. Bring it, guys. We love it. And we can't do it without you. So, for me, my guys here. Ooh, that was way too loud. Thank you guys again. And let's get to it. So, thank you to the John Darren team out in Homer Glen. We can't do it without you, Nick and Ivory Brewery. We love you. Morris Beer, we hear you're back. So, we love you too, guys. As usual, raise your standards. So, we got great lineups for you this week. Again, tomorrow night, the over-under with Harry Berg. 8 o'clock, 
be there be square he's bringing you bets for the weekend he's laying it down as always he has great bets he makes you money so make sure that you're looking into that guys sunday 9 a.m jacob charno here with the hard count football podcast he's going to break down all the games of the weekend he's going to give you his perspective harry burke's going to jump on with him they, they always do great together make sure you check that out sunday night we've got the schuster express with david schuster Longtime Chicago guy. He's going to have in great media guests. He's going to break down all the games for you better than anyone does it. Monday, we've got the CJ Scott podcast again coming back. Great show, guys. Make sure to check out him. Him and Diop, who called earlier, insight like no other I know. They have smart, analytical sometimes. Analytical. There's that word. <laughs> um. <laughs> really good takes and stuff like that. Make sure that you check them out on Tuesday. CCP, who we got, JB? I believe Tim Jennings. We got Mr. TJ, Tim Jennings, former Chicago Bear himself. So make sure you come in and check that out. Cannot wait for that interview. Wednesday, we've got, of course, she said what she said with the girls. They just talked to former Chicago Bear Eric Kramer mm -hmm. the other night. It was a great interview. He went over mental health, his whole journey through it. Make sure you go and listen to that on the Chicago Clubhouse Network. And, of course, my boy Fat Mike bringing it in, <laughs> as always, with all his takes. He's got a crazy good lineup next week, guys. Make sure you go check him out. I believe he's got Luke Canellis in there. Ooh. Very good Chicago <laughs> media guy. Um, he's also got, I think, Terrence Young, who is looking to become a Bears Hall of Fame member fan. So make sure to check him out and all of our shows, guys. So for me, Warwick and JB, have a good one and bear down. Mm. Next week. <laughs>